everybody and welcome to the monster cast i'm your host the straight edge monster jack joined by ryan the catman and we are <laughs> we're gonna start off hot here um zombie hot that is i am rocking the daphne shirt today it would have been her birthday today and uh so we're rocking that also i want to bring to light a couple of things yesterday obviously went and to affect the um the new number for the suicide prevention hotline nine eight eight i believe yes i believe you're right we're gonna actually yeah we're actually gonna throw that up on the screen right there um so yeah starting in july actually started yesterday now the number for the national suicide prevention hotline is nine eight eight um also allison k who's a uh friend of daphne's uh in honor of her birthday today She's uh, releasing an unreleased audio interview that her and Marty Bell did with her back in 2020. They had initially recorded it for NWA Girl Power, but when all that halted, the interview was never published. And uh, Marty and she felt that this interview deserved to be heard. So in the summer of 2021, they sent it to Daphne to see if she still wanted to be wanted to be shared. And she also included uh, some of her voice messages from that time in the video after she died. Allison K says she couldn't listen to the interview anymore. That's why it was has taken this long to actually decide to go through with it and post it. But she still feels that it deserves to be shared. So she's adding some, adding some finishing touches, and it should be available now on YouTube, actually. Um, it was supposed to be posted at 12 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, it's been up for about an hour if everything went according to plan. And also, if you feel so inclined, you can also make a donation to the National Alliance of Mental Illness in her honor through the fundraiser linked on Allison K's Instagram post as well. And uh so yeah, so thoughts with uh Daphne today rocking the Daphne shirt for her birthday. Um also, we're going to start off the show a little different because I got my All Elite crate in. Um unfortunately, it rained on Monday, so it, like soaked the entire fucking box. So I had to transfer it to an old All Elite crate box. And try not to pay attention to what was inside the box at the same time. Because I didn't want the autograph to get fucked up and all that. So, uh, like, literally opened it and then, like, tried to take the stack. I'm, like, looking straight up and trying to transfer it over to the other box. Just well, so that, I, I could save it for the show. It. I don't know why the fucking mailman, bro. You, If you put in a goddamn cardboard box out and it's raining, put it in a plastic bag, dude. Like, I don't understand. Did y'all run out of plastic bags? This is, I feel like this is a common thing that people should know about. Yeah, Ethan. Um. Well, what you got uh, anything to say? This is the Ollie uh, crate in the old box, the old dry box. Even so there's the Ollie crate. I don't remember who's supposed I, to be in this box, honestly. This for this. Now this is a um. This is like if you're familiar with pro wrestling crate, it's like that, except not every month. It is uh every three months. So this is my third Ollie crate box. So I got one more coming because I paid for a year at the same time. So, uh, hmm. but yeah, I mean, obviously. We're really big into AEW on the show, so I was like, you know what, Pro Wrestling Crate, it, I love Pro Wrestling Crate because it's got a lot of the legends and stuff, but it costs a lot of money because I was, was 12 and I was running out of room for shirts and stuff, so I changed it over basically, and now I just get the All Elite Crate. That's the main, that's the main reason why I did it. I mean, not gotcha. to say I won't ever go back to Pro Wrestling Crate because I do love the Ultimate Warrior and the uh, Demolition gear that they give you, the shirts, the old, the old uh, legend shirts, because... You know, if you're really into a lot of wrestling um, from different eras, Pro Wrestling Crate is 
a great thing like Roddy Piper, Austin. Like they got some cool shit on there. All right, so we're gonna open this bad boy up. I'm gonna show it to the camera here. Now it's probably not in the same order because you know, like I said, I was just opening it and trying not to look. The other side of this card contains the spoilers for this crate, so we will not throw that out there. But this is the uh, All Out 2022 crate, is what this is called. So that's cool. Let's see here. I got my monster. Mm. I got a poster in here first. Let's see what this poster is. It looks like it has Jericho on it. Oh. It's from the first ever All Out. Well. To determine the first ever champ. Him and Hangman. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, all three posters so far have been really cool. I've got the Revolution poster between... Uh, the Bucks and Page and Omega. And I've got this first ever Spring Stampede poster as well. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Alright, I'll put that off to the side. What we got here? This little this little thing we got in a something in a it's an acclaimed thing. I just don't know. Oh no way, is it headphones? It's acclaimed headphones. Let me open this. I gotta open this. Like the ones that wears when it comes out. Alright, so there it is. The acclaimed. Oops, wrong way. And I guess it's just oh. like a thing to hold headphones, and it definitely has headphones inside. Yep, there they That's are, red and like white earbuds. Yeah, basically. Well, they got a cord, but no big deal. Yeah, not. I said earbuds, not AirPods. So yeah, earbuds are the, the ones with, with the cord. these though. Is they're not going to work for my iPhone, which is how I listen to music because you know it's not the Lightning connector. But I could get, get a, an adapter. Uh, yeah, I can get an adapter. But yeah, that's cool as fuck. That's cool. Christina might try to f steal these, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Alright. The adapters are like fucking $8, dude. Not a big deal. <laughs> um, what else we got going on here? <gasps> oh, okay. So, if anybody watches my videos on YouTube, and if you don't, you're missing out, because I do have all my unboxings on there, and this one will be cut out and put on there as well, but there's the link in the chat. Um, my favorite pin that I've ever gotten out of a pro wrestling crate is my Vader pin because it had a magnet where he had the gear, the Japanese gear that you could take off and then reveal Vader. So you could have it either entrance gear Vader or actual gear Vader, wrestling mm -hmm. gear. Do you think Ring of Honor looks like a great pay-per-view on paper? Yes, I do. And we will get into that. That is one of our four topics of the main thing. Um, at first, I was kind of hesitant. Um... Not going to lie, I was kind of hesitant at first. I really liked yeah. the Yuta garcia matchup, but I was like, man, I really hope that's not, like, the the best thing they got. Dude, you're not going to believe this, Ryan. This is going to be mm. so sick. It's Malachi Black, dude. Oh. So, so you take, you take this off. You take that off. Boom! How badass is that, dude? So oh, yeah, it's like cool. a double magnet thing that goes on top of... Yeah, no, that's sick. Hmm. That is sick. That's a sick fucking pin. I don't. I have a lot of merch in these things that I did not know existed. It's like they make it just for these or what? Yes, they make it just for these. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is... Uh, even the shirts are literally just for this. The, they're exclusive shirts, so you can't just go on there and buy them. Um, oh, the micro brawler is Evil Uno. So that's pretty cool. And last, I believe last last crate was uh, Eddie Kingston. So yeah, this is cool. That's a good costume sweet. for doing the Dark Order thing too. That's pretty sweet. 
Do what? Got a good costume for, he's got a good costume for figures. Yeah. Also, yeah. I got a, um, I don't know if it was an all elite crate or a pro wrestling crate. Um, but remember I got the, I don't know if you know this or not, but I got the evil Uno mask in one of them. It was pretty fucking cool. Like a legit mask, like with the laces and everything. It's badass. Yeah. I'm probably wear it on a prediction show eventually. For how, much are the, how much are the crates? Uh, I believe I paid for a year's worth and it was only a hundred something. No, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not. It that, wasn't bad. The like two t-shirts in each well, one. Thirty. <laughs> but anyway, here's a proud and powerful sticker that's going in the bank because you never know if we're ever going to see them again, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, he he um Santana just made a tweet I think this morning saying that he'll he'll explain stuff soon. So I don't know if that's referring to his injury or referring to everything with all the rumors of him and Ortiz not. Getting along or whatever. Oh, cool. We got another DVD. So we've got volume one of Dark, and now we've got volume two of Dark. Speaking so of Dark, cool. somebody mentioned um, turning Dark Elevation into the weekly Ring of Honor show if they're not able to get a TV deal. Yeah, I replied to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said, like, why yeah. would you do that? Yeah, just make another. It's not like. I said, it's not like there's a limit a on channel. Why can't you just right. put Ring of Honor on there? If you were already exactly. planning on do it, spending money on a show, you don't I need to take off an AEW show. Right. Like, it's YouTube, bro. You don't, you I don't know need to Marcus make a new time here, slot. But Marcus, do you think Ring of Honor looks great on pay-per-view? I'll be purchasing it, and of course it's on a Saturday, so we'll be watching it live. Um, I don't know if you want to do predictions for that Friday or not, but we'll get into that soon. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, um, but this one has the Lights Out match between Joey Janela and Kenny Omega. Private Party versus SCU versus Santana and Ortiz. Private Party versus Best Friends. Abaddon versus Sheeta. Matt Seidel versus Pac. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki and Riho versus Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. Uh, QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. And Max Caster, Serpentico, and Luther versus Jurassic Express. So, weird out thing. That was a weird last, last match. I ain't gonna lie. But yeah, yeah that was. I, I assume team. that's when. Stunt uh, was still there. When. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's before he, him, him and Bowens got together, or if Bowens was hurt. Yeah, Bowens Marco's has been hurt Stunt. a couple times. So Marco Stunt's definitely there, right? Because that's yeah, yeah, a three, yeah, the third yeah, member yeah. of the Jurassic yeah, Express. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, and we got one more little thing before we get into the two T-shirts and the autograph, and it's going right on my keychain keys right now. Jade Cargill keychain, son. Let's go. That's going right on there. Love me some Jade Cargill. She's even hot speaking in uniform. Do what? Speaking of, she uh, <laughs> weird. Okay, um, <laughs> she just uh, she just recently beat Goldberg's streak. Yeah, um, I retweeted yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five hundred, five hundred days, mm -hmm. undefeated. Absolute goddamn menace. All right, so you, um, you want to see the two T-shirts first, or you want to go for the, the autograph? Usually, I do the autograph last. I mean, we do the box. two T-shirts. They're both black this uh, this month. I kind of like the different colors. So when they throw in a different color every now and then, I. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, y'all may have Britt noticed Baker. at this point, but I only wear black. Dr. Britt Baker DMD shirt. Oh, that's a cool little symbol. Caduceus and then the. The tooth with the screw? Or the nail? Well, it's shaped like the, the Caduceus, the medical. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And what's this other one we got here? 
So that's cool because we like Britt Baker on the show. What else we got going on here? Oh, shit. There we go. Got me another CM Punk shirt. Let's go. I know you don't already have like fucking 30 of them. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> hmm. How many CM Punk shirts do I have? Not that many. Yes, but I have one question. Bring back old area like or era like Brian era. That's what do you what do you mean by that? I mean, like, like, the, like the are you talking about like the filming style? Yeah, are you talking about filming style, like fan style? Like you want the hardcore like fan interaction kind of like uh when he used to fight Nigel McGuinness all the time? You talk, is all you're talking about like the ECW type response <laughs> yeah, where they were rabid and shit? Like it's like you, dark in there like a fucking exactly. it's dark in there like it is in uh, Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, <laughs> got so that lighting yeah, situation. Yeah, so that's what he wants. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. That's. I mean, have forty people in there so you can hear the one. See, chance that's why that I thought they should have held it in Philly. I said this on the last show. I was surprised they did not hold this show in Philly. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, doing it that way too would be a lot better for the budget. <clears throat> Just you know, no eighty foot ramp, no big ass pyro screens, anything like that. Just straight up. Punk and Doctor Britt Baker. That's cool. Let's. Let's hope that, I mean, this is a really fucking, this one, probably my favorite box so far from All Elite Crate. So let's hope the autograph doesn't let me down. Don't not get in my shirts, Konami. Hey, I, 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 I. It yeah, could be a, could be a CM Punk autograph since he ain't doing no, much else. it won't right be. Now. It won't be double autograph. Sorry. He ain't doing shit. He ain't doing <gasps> shit. I'll take it, though. Your new Wardlow. TNT champ. Let's go. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that, but there you go. Yeah, Wardlow. Let's go. I'll take it, dude. This is my favorite crate so far for All Elite Crate. That is cool. Look at that. Very nice. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So that was cool. And the is whole that, time I, I, I literally got this banner for the All Elite Crate, and I literally did not put it up the yeah. entire time. So good shit. Those are not um. Those are not prints. Right? They're like straight up autographs. Do what? They're not prints, right? They're straight up autographs. No, that's straight up autograph. That's cool. And it also has the uh, certificate of authenticity thing in the corner, too. So you don't oh. have to hold it separately or whatever. Official All Elite nice. Wrestling Autograph. Pretty sweet. No, yeah, they're not prints. He actually has to sit there and sign them. That's why there's only so many available. They sell out fast. The AEW ones, I didn't even get it my hands on the very first one because I waited too long. So that when, I, when the second one went on sale, I went ahead and said, fuck it, I'm going to get in it for a year so I don't have to keep doing this shit every time. Hmm. All right. So yeah, that was like a really good fucking crate. Yeah, that was a decent amount of stuff. The Malachi black pen was really cool. It really fucking cool. Alright. Like I liked everything in that crate. Let's make sure I got everything. I'm sure I did because I got a ton of shit. Uh and see if anything had a uh variant. Because uh pro wrestling crate, regular pro wrestling crates will have variants of stuff. Um the dog collar CM Punk t-shirt, got it. The lockjaw Britt Baker t-shirt, got it. Evil Uno micro brawler. The acclaimed earbuds with phone stand. Oh, I had, oh, that's what it is. It's a phone stand on it. So you put your phone in here in this part. Oh, okay. That's cool. I don't know if it'll fit my phone. Unless I, well, if I took it out of the thing, it would. But yeah, that's pretty cool. You have the, you have the yearly 13 one? Pro Max. No, I'm, I understand what phone you have. We have the same one. Um, okay. You have the the yearly subscription or the quarterly subscription? Yearly. Okay. We get four crates. It's like one hundred something. You do on the quarterly one too. Than... It's just like you, you pay it all at once instead of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we also got the Jericho versus Hangman Adam Page All Out 2019 poster, the Wardlow, Wardlow autograph 8x10, the Malachi Black two-piece magnet and lapel pin, the AW Dark Best of DVD Volume 2, Jade Cargill babyface brawler keychain, that's what they're called, the babyface brawlers, and um, the Santana and Ortiz sticker, so yeah, we got everything, and there was no variant, so they didn't do a variant this time, because sometimes they'll do like, uh, in Pro Wrestling Crate, they'll do variants of the pins and the micro brawlers sometimes, and they'll be worth a lot, they'll be chase versions or whatever, but yeah, still, <laughs> still super fucking cool though. Yeah, that was great. That Jade card goes going on my keychain pronto. Um, Maybe right. I'll attracted you to cartoons. Or whatever the fuck that was. <clears throat> Come on, man. Look at this. Look at that Jade card <laughs> What are you talking about? Uh-huh. All right, let's get into it. We're going to get into it right now. Um, let me go ahead and get this off and get into the hot tag topics. Okay, so of course, number one, we've got to get into... Fighter Fest, we have to talk about Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest uh, week one, it's a two week thing, four shows, according to them. Uh, so week two of Fighter Fest will be this week, obviously, uh, with Is the barbed wire everywhere was... match. Oh. What? I don't know why I thought it was just. Uh, are you sure about it? I yes. thought it was just literally just the two. No, I'm positive. Rampage and Dynamite. Okay, I gotcha. No, it's two weeks. Fighter Fest week one was this week, and Fighter okay. Fest week two. Will be next week. Cool. Well, yeah, they definitely got some good stuff set up for next it's week. Like I know they're doing like, the... like a chicken dude. Like I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like it's a chicken leg back here. I'm glad I don't have the camera on him right now. I'd be breaking Twitch TOS. All right, so yeah, so let's talk about <laughs> Fighter Fest. Far as dark should become Ring of Honor, I will say no because I feel like Tony announced TV at Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. Oh, you think he's going to announce a TV deal at or well, after maybe at or after? Mark. The bear review? That would be badass. No, no, it definitely... I don't care if it's on YouTube or not, honestly, if he gets a deal or not. If he doesn't want to keep waiting and wants to throw it out there, that's fine with me. But no, I do not think they should take off any AEW stuff. I don't even think the Ring of Honor stuff should be posted on the AEW channel. uh, Yeah, I don't either. You have your own Ring of Honor platform. There's no reason for you to convolute your fucking current shit with all your four programs or whatever and all the the extra stuff that you post and the RJ City shows and all all the stuff that you post on there keep ring of honor separate and then if you have something where uh they show up on aw or something you can post it on both and get double the views if you want i don't really care how you do it but ring of honor has its own thing for a reason they should stay over on ring of honor speaking of the rj city shows by the way we've got matt hardy on this coming week today or next week uh they release on only release sundays yeah okay then it'll be up right now so i haven't seen it yet um yeah all right so yeah, check that out because RJ City is hilarious. All right, let's talk about Fighter Fest. Let's get it going. Here we go. What did you What did you like? What did you not like? Um, there wasn't a lot to not like. I wasn't a big fan of the Deeb and Anna J match only because I feel like Anna J hasn't really been around that much lately, aside from the loss that they built her up for for uh, Cargill. And then the match itself wasn't great. It seemed like they weren't super in sync. Um. The Luchasaurus squash on Garrison was, you know, it's a squash is on it, Garrison. Is it weird for me to say this? Like, is this a hot take if I say that I think Anna Jay is actually a better wrestler today than Tay Conti is? No, I mean, I think it's fair. Um, I feel like she did a lot better in that match than Tay Conti did in her previous match. Yeah, but then you have to think how much of that was deep. But, um, yeah, I mean, probably, sure. I think the... 
I think the problem with Ty Conti is she got kind of used to doing her judo moveset for everything, just based on her real-life experience, and then never really worked that much through the um, the rest of the wrestling stuff. I mean, uh, we're I working towards a Anna Jay versus Ty Conti feud, are we not? Right. Yeah, that's what it seemed like in the backstage segment. Because we know um, Anna Jay's not leaving Dark Order, so. Right. How'd you feel about, well, not with Negative One and their whole thing, but yeah. Um, how'd you feel about uh, fucking Bryce Remsburg not letting a, um, was it Remsburg? I think it was Remsburg. Or was it Knox? I don't remember. Whatever terrible referee didn't allow Chuck Taylor to bring yeah, his Remsburg. chainsaw in. That was Remsburg. Yeah. Why can't he use a chainsaw, bro? I don't know. It was so it's, funny, though. Like, I really wish he, I really wish I would have like actually turned it on and let fans know <laughs> if it was like a real t- chainsaw. <laughs> it would have been so funny, dude. The funny, like the funniest thing about that thing is, it's like, yeah, they're baby faces, so they don't know how to cheat. Like they understand that people do cheat, but they don't understand how it works or like what the. No, I thought it was like a, for the chainsaw was a very smart move. Like if you're gonna fucking if you want to win so bad, you fucking go for yeah. the kill. Just bring a gun. Um. I've done that before in some indie shows too. It doesn't usually go over there very well. Um, the I see why Moxley... people argue it because even I see it. Dark feels like a waiting room for Ring of Honor TV deal. Now that is Dark possibly true. Maybe. That's possibly true, but you're still only going to hire so many people to go over to Ring of Honor from that, and it's still then it's still going to be a breeding ground for AEW. He's not using Ring of Honor as NXT. He's already said this, right. so he's not like so using it as NXT does for WWE. And so. it's different enough, too, because you look at NXT and you look at um, WWE, and really the only thing that they ever had that was significantly different was War Games. And then you look at Ring of Honor, and you've got stuff like the Pure Rules matches and, and just the whole different, like... I mean, it's easy to keep them separated as products, I feel like. Now, he is having Claudio go over there, apparently. Um, but that was, like I said, we talked about this a while ago. Um, when I said, when I was talking about how at the press conference post-Forbidden Door... He was like, yeah, one of the plans was to bring him on for a Ring of Honor thing. And I was like, he's probably still going to be involved in the Ring of Honor thing then. Because whatever he was planning, there's no reason to take him out of it just because he's in AEW now. So they might end up giving him the um, the championship against Gresham, which would make sense. Um, you want somebody in, in BCC to have some gold. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know how you book Gresham beating Claudio at this point. So he's got to win that. I don't, I don't think you have Gresham lose the title. I actually disagree with you. Uh, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but here's my thought process behind it. You don't have Gresham, who's supposed to be like your fucking champion that's gone around. He's defended it 17 times now, right? 16 times, some shit like that, what Excalibur said. He's supposed to be the best technical wrestler in the world. I think this should lead up to him versus Danielson at some point, maybe even on AEW if Gresham ever comes up to AEW. But here's the thing with me is you don't turn Gresham heel and then his first fucking title defense on pay-per-view with Tolly Blanchard, you kill Tolly Blanchard's whole thing if they end up losing the title to Claudio. So even if it's by nefarious means, you keep the title on Gresham however you can get it. Even if, I'll even take a draw if you don't want to have Claudio lose because obviously you don't want to have Claudio lose. But you don't, you, you don't take the title off of Gresham right here. Even though I love Claudio a million times more than Gresham. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense for Ring of Honor because you know Claudio's not staying there. He's already in the right. faction with Blackpool Combat Club and already undefeated there. You don't kill Ring of Honor by taking the champion and having this first 
uh, title defense as a heel just lose right away. Like, you got extra help now, and now you're going to lose? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but we'll get the, we'll, we can get in that when we go over Ring of Honor. But what else did, um, from Fighter Fest did you like, though? Obviously, the, the triple tag team match was really good. Um, I feel like, though, if I, I understand what they're doing with the Swerve and all that, but like, on, on the other hand, I feel like if you're going to give the Bucks a really short title run to get it on somebody else, I really would have rather seen Hobbs and Starks win it. And it's more, it, I think that might be me biased from them being around so long and me like being really big fans of both of them. Um, I see the story that they were telling with Lee and Swerve though, and like how it's like, oh, we're going to tease the breakup and then just give them the belts. That's fine. Um, and obviously, we've always talked about Keith Lee being underused and Swerve being underused, and so we can't complain too much about them being champions. Um, but it, it does in feel WWE, like another kind of like underused in AEW, just right. so we're clear. Yeah, yeah. So it does feel like another thing where it's like, fuck, like you brought in more WWE guys and then had them go over people that have been around forever, and maybe they're trying to work that into a story or whatever. It seems like Starks kind of is, but I still just would have rather seen Hobbs and Starks as the champions. Um, the ending of the match, though, obviously a little bit weird because the guy that got pinned was not the legal guy. But um, the do way you that think that was a, just a accident, or do you accident, think they actually yeah. turned that into something? I think it was an accident. I think I think they were just out of position. It's not a big deal. Um, hard to keep okay, up with. Okay, so obviously we got to talk about that in a vacuum because last week I had stated on the show, um. Because a lot of people were talking about them splitting up and we were mentioning it on the show or whatever. And I said this last week. Yeah. And don't don't forget that Swerve and uh, Lee are still fucking climbing the ranks have, as well. have one of the most interesting stories right now, too, because it's a constant, like, tense kind of like... You know what's really okay, cool about their story, by the way, since we're talking about AEW recap right now? As, uh... The little gestures they do where you you really think that they're on the same page and everything's good. The little fist bump, the pat on the back, you know, trust me, the tag at the pay-per-view for Forbidden Door and stuff. Like, those are so good, dude. So good. Mm -hmm. It's not just, hey, let's focus on all the ways that we're about to split apart. Let's make them think that we're literally on the same page and we're going out of our way to make sure that people know. Because if they do end up turning one of them, that's going to be even sweeter when it happens, if it right. happens. I actually don't want them to do it right now, right away, to be real with you, because uh, I'd like for it to be more of uh, I'd, I'd actually like to see them get a run with the titles, honestly, because they were because they were together on the indies and they weren't just thrown together like a lot of uh, WWE fans think they were just because yeah. they didn't have anything, quote unquote, for Keith Lee. Like they were a tag team on the indies multiple times. So I don't understand where that shit came from, but I guess they shouldn't be expected to go out of their way to learn right. anything. So there you go. That was uh, from last week's show. So I'm very happy that Keith Lee and Swerve won the uh, won the titles. Honestly, uh, I thought it was awesome. I get what you're saying. It would have actually kind of made more sense for Hobbs and Starks to win the titles and then Lee and Strickland take them off of yeah. them. Yeah. If you were going to do a short reign anyway, and then the Lee and Strickland could have done a longer reign. Um, I mean, I'm I'm cool with Hobbs and Starks take it off of. Lee and Strickland too, but here's the here's your issue, is the whole FTR thing. Right. So yeah. FTR and the Young Bucks, what they have going on, and what FTR has going on with being the tag team champion version of Kenny Omega with the belt collector thing. What do you do with Bucks and FTR now? If FTR beats the Briscoes, 
at uh, Death Before Dishonor, did the Young Bucks come try to take all those titles off of them? Or you could, you could do Briscoe's beat FTR, and then the Bucks act like they're too good now to go after FTR, and they go after the Briscoes, and then FTR just is like, God, why do y'all keep ducking us? Like that kind of thing. Could be that. Um, but I don't know if FTR even really cares about wrestling the Bucks anymore now that they don't have the belts. That would be another little wrinkle in that. You know, be kind of cool is because remember at the end of the first match between FTR and the Briscoes, who came out to super kick the Briscoes? And then FTR had to come out and save them. Right. It was the Bucks, right? So what if it led to a triple threat? at a Ring of Honor event between FTR, Briscoes, and Young Bucks for the Ring of Honor tag titles. Yeah, that's... Because I'm, a lot of people don't realize the Briscoes and Young Bucks are one of the top fucking tag team rivalries of all time. Probably definitely the top ta tag team rivalry in Ring of Honor. Yeah, you're... Um, the problem with that, though, is the next event for that is going to be so much further out that how do you... How do you keep that interesting? Because it's already kind of dragging on a little bit too long with the FTR Bucks thing now. So then you have to drag it out another who knows how many months. I just feel like that might get kind of stale. It's a little bit of a difficult position for them to be in. Um, how do you feel about the um, the um, Lucha Brothers and uh, Private Party match? I felt like that was it wasn't a bad match, but it was like Private Party's gotten so much lower on the card at this point that I don't really... I don't think anybody really expected them to win. No. But um, I thought they should have won. The I way that, too, the way that they the set up, with the way that they set up the and... ending, it made no sense for them to still lose on top of all that. But yeah. here's the thing. I don't really... I mean, Lucha Bros can take that loss. Private Party is in a position where, like, I was like, okay, so you're no longer with them, but you're still coming out with Andrade on a one-deal basis or whatever, and you still lose. Like, so that makes Andrade look stupid. It makes Roosh look stupid. I, I, I'm i not feeling it. Like, if it yeah. ended up being um, to the point where ever Private Party beats about. them, right, and then maybe Lucha Bros get the win back next week without Roosh and Andrade out there like they're banned from ringside type deal. So Private Party still got a win against a top tag team, but then they lost without the help later. And then you can set up to Lucha Bros versus Roosh and Andrade at All Out, which is what I right. want to see. Yeah, and it feels like that's what they're building toward, and I think if you're building toward that, you have them make Private Party win. So they're, they still keep the heat between Lucha Brothers and Andrade and Roosh. You build up Private Party a little bit from the slump that they're in, um, their yeah, whole that way, if, that way if Andrade like, wants to use them again in like three weeks or after All Out, it makes more sense. Like, why would y'all yeah. keep going to the well of somebody that never wins Lost. for me? Type right, deal. It's exactly. the same. It's the same predicament they were in with the Matt Hardy situation. Yeah, right. okay, you got Matt Hardy watching over you, yet you still can't win a match. You were winning more matches before without Matt Hardy. And it's the same thing with Andrade when he took over, and now when he's got Roosh, it doesn't make any sense for for you to go out of your way to walk down there with them and help them and have Roosh come out there and then you still lose to the Lucha Bros. That's crazy yeah. to me. Essentially having five on one side and three on the other because you got Alex and then you got Jose. It's very weird to have all that stacked because you stack shit like that so that they can take a loss and it not be as bad. That's the whole point of doing it. Um, and maybe he just wanted to subvert expectations with that booking, but I feel like there was a way to do this that would have made everybody look better, and he didn't go that route. So I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, obviously, I'm never going to complain when the Lucha Brothers win because we like 
you like them, but I just think the booking on this could have been a little bit better. Uh, okay, so we got to talk about probably the best match uh, besides the tag team match. Takeshita versus Moxley. Yeah, Takeshita versus Moxley was great. Okay, so um, I got a question for you. Since they were both bleeding together, is he not a member of Blackpool Combat <laughs> Club now? They both bled I together. Think, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think everybody I'm that sure John, that's what he said, guy. John Moxley's like everybody I make bleed is just in the group now. Um, well, he made him bleed too. They bled together. Okay, I guess Nick Gage is on there too. Um, no, I that, think, was, uh, that was before he said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> him and Joey Janela. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, obviously it was a really good match. It was. Probably, yeah, I think it was probably the best match. Um, I don't know, man. That tag match was really fucking good, too. The tag match started off a little bit slower, but it like really hit its stride about midway through. And then from then on was just great the whole way. Um, yeah, Moxley, Takeshita, Takeshita, I think Takeshita yeah. has, the, uh, has the connectivity with the audience like a, like a Jeff Hardy, like a Darby, like a... Daniel Bryan, Omega, Kingston type deal. Like, he could get yeah. there. Like, you can clearly see that now, and he doesn't talk at all. So, the way that he You're posts my- on Twitter, which is really good, he's really good on Twitter, too. Um, I do think that he could be a huge, huge star in AEW. Huge. Yeah. Um, not sure how good his uh, his English is um, for doing promos and stuff, but yeah, right now, he doesn't actually need it. He's already over his suck just from wrestling well. Um... And then his weird little Cinnabon thing, but other than that, he loves that uh, shit, bro. He loves it. <laughs> I, me too. Understandable. Um, yeah, I I hope they. I, I could see. I don't know what they do with him, like top of the card wise in AEW per se, but I mean they could they could easily throw him in Ring of Honor and have him be a beast over there. But the thing is, too, he's not winning. It's like. Not really winning any matches. He hasn't won against anybody like a big name or anything. But he still doesn't need to because it's all really competitive matches against really top guys. So um, it's pretty clear that they're they're trying to do something with him. Uh, just not sure exactly what it is yet. But this is a this do you is feel a like it's a similar a similar path, not wrestling style, obviously, but career wise, is it not? A, does it look like a similar path as a you powerhouse Hobbs to you? Oh, uh, I was thinking more Yuta, but yeah, I mean, kind of, um, as far as like having the punk match and stuff like that, I see what you're getting at. Um, I would still say it's He's more similar to Yuta. like Powerhouse did early on, because Powerhouse was with Moxley for a little bit before he turned heel and then went with Team Taz, and he, he wasn't really getting any wins, but he was very impressive to the point where he got the contract. And oh, then shit, they I totally kept... forgot about the Hobbs-Moxley thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then he kept getting uh, more power, or more, uh, opportunities and they'd switch his first name from William or Will Hobbs to uh, powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. So, yeah. so all that happened and he like, he's been just been going up, 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 up. Um, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really need the wins to back it up because you always take him seriously when he comes out there because of the shit that he can do. And cause it's a mean looking motherfucker. But yeah, Boy, so big. like, I feel like Takesha is on that same type of path. Um, like yeah. he could definitely, he could definitely do that. I, I would like to see like Miro get the TNT title back, right? Yeah. And then have Takeshita like. Oh, we didn't talk about that. That damn Miro promo. Yeah. That was. All the Miro promos. Yeah, I know. And it's crazy because one of the things that they said in about him in WWE is like, oh, well, he can't really talk that good. That's why we don't. 
I can't push him. He's just, he's not a good talker. Well, I mean, they're pre-recorded segments, but they're clearly his idea too, because he's big into video games and God of War is one of his favorite video games. And you can tell that he's pulling inspiration from these types of games, like the mythology type shit. And that's really fucking cool because I don't care how many times he's filming it, really, honestly, because he still comes off looking badass and it sounds so fucking cool. And these one-liner lines that he keeps doing is great. So even if he had to just do that over and over and I never got to hear him talk live, which I don't need to because we don't need 12-minute fucking promos at the beginning of shows in AEW to build something, then I'm cool with this. Like, this actually works out to his benefit. It's one of those things like Paul Heyman used to do in ECW and gladly admitted it. You accentuate the strengths and hide the uh, negatives. That's all you do. Like, so that's what he's doing. Miro has a great mind, and when he can think about something, he can put it down, and then he can and then he can deliver it. But maybe he's not so good on the spot live. So what do you do? You make him look really fucking good with what he's good at, and don't make him do stuff that he's not good at. Like, I right. mean, it's pretty. I feel like that's a pretty uh, simple formula that like, people should follow. That people just do not at the other company. We don't do that here, pal. Yeah, you, <laughs> you have everybody go out there with a the stick, and if you suck, you're fired. Let me do it again. We're live, pal. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why uh, you shouldn't be live with everybody. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, that but was, yeah, no, um, I, I agree. The fucking promos in the back for that are great. Same thing with the Alistair Black, House of Black promos. They're really fucking good, too. So, like, if that's no, what the, works for you. What I will say about those is I like Brody King a lot, but he even still feels kind of stiff in the recorded promos. I don't know what it is about his cadence or like the way he talks or what, but it it always gives me like a hint that he's kind of either recalling it from memory by like visualizing the words or like that he's reading off of something. It's just like a weird way that like I don't it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much because you can just play it off as his character being like super stoic or whatever. But it's yeah, just especially since about, he's supposed to be the monster of the group, I don't yeah. really have a problem with it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me that much, but it is something that I notice, and I don't know if it's on purpose because I've seen him cut you know pretty heated promos before too. So I I don't know. It's a little bit weird, though. All right, so then we've got... Um, what else was I going to talk about? Oh, so what I would have liked to see is Miro win the title back from, like, maybe Wardlow, which I think would be a fucking amazing feud, by the way. Have Miro yeah. win it and then have Takesh to be the first one not to really beat him, but to do the Darby Allen or the Sting thing where you mm-hmm. go a 60-minute draw or 30-minute draw with Miro to let people know, hey, okay, I'm here now, type deal. You don't have to actually beat Miro, but to draw with him would be just as big of a deal to me, um, especially if it came out of nowhere because he still isn't really winning, but like Miro does an open challenge type deal, so anybody can come out. I think that would be a big deal for Takeshita as well. But the problem is is that people are cheering Miro, so I don't know what how you do this because clearly Miro's going into a feud with Malachi. Or being recruited by him. Um, yeah, no, that's not, <laughs> we'll that's not man. That's oh, not that, mean that, I mean, okay, so you remember how we were saying that BCC is a little bit too fucking strong? Like, if Mirror gets in the House of Black, they're in the same level immediately as far as just being. Well, too how long strong. do we think uh, Matthews is out? Like, do we think that's an actual possibility? Just like, maybe I don't, I don't know either because, like, okay, so like, let's say Tony Khan is really thinking about dropping these trios titles soon. And Matthews yeah. isn't there for the initial tournament or whatever. Or maybe Matthews is there and they have Malachi be the singles guy and then have Brody, Matthews, and Miro be the trios. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I'd i be shocked, honestly. Like, I don't say that very often. Um, but I'd actually be shocked if Miro went to the House of Black. 
Um, so latest details on Matthews is just what he posted on his Instagram about having a shoulder injury. But I mean, he's he's shown himself lifting weights. Like he's he's clearly in the rehab part. He's not. I don't think he's getting out for surgery or anything. All right. So yeah. Oh. Uh, so what do you like from Rampage? Anything you like from Rampage that we haven't covered? I mean, the that was a lot of Ring of Honor stuff on that. Yeah, there was. Um, we got Dante um, Martin versus Lee Moriarty next week. Yeah, but I mean, he just. I feel like somebody's going to come out and destroy them both, and then it'll lead to a tag team match where they're on the same team next the following week or something like that, or maybe at Ring of Honor type deal. It'll be Dante yeah. Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Sidell versus. Tully Blanchard Enterprises, the other three, like Brian Cage in the tag team or something like that. Uh, Gates of Agony. Yeah, maybe. That would make sense. I mean, right? Because none of them are on the card yet, and you need another one because all five matches so far are championship matches, so you have no matches on there yet that are not for a title. So I feel I like that'd say, be a good match, too. Yeah. Uh, Rampage, uh, did you notice that on both shows, the shortest matches, if you don't count the Griff Garrison Luchasaurus shit, were women's matches on both? Now, it's probably for the best because, like we already said, the the Deeb and, and Jay match, like, it wasn't the best or anything. Um, well, I mean, okay, so here's the... I, I didn't mean, understand the point to, of the Renegade Twins to, Short combined to the rest of the matches on the thing, but not short as in... Like, it wasn't super short. Like, we're talking 36 seconds on SmackDown type deal. I mean, the one on Rampage was. The Athena and Statlander versus the... Um, oh, yeah, the Renegade Twins, yeah. though. The rest yeah, of the journalists yeah. don't even know who they are. Come on, we know that, man. We we've been over the Renegade Twins. Uh, that was that the only women's sense. match on Rampage, and then yeah, well, Rampage is only an hour or two, and the deep match was only seven minutes, I think. So yeah, but you're trying to keep okay for, but you're trying to keep her strong going into Mercedes Martinez at Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. So there's no way you're gonna. Why would you make it competitive like you said? Anna Jay hasn't been around. Haven't been like really gathering wins against any quality shit. And the last time we saw her, she got destroyed by Jade Cargill. So why would that matter? Like, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I agree with you that there should have been, there should have been another match on there probably, but I don't have a problem with that specific match being seven minutes or six minutes or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. Also, it, um, it also wasn't just thrown out there and completely random. It actually built to something. Mercedes came out to further the storyline type deal. So yeah. I didn't really have a huge problem with it being, I have a, I have more of a problem with it being the only women's match on the show for a two-hour show than I do it being seven minutes. Right. It's the best way I can describe it. But they also had the Jade Cargill segment, and they also had a Dr. Britt Baker segment where she came back as well with Jamie Hayter. So, yeah. and it's not like okay. females weren't positioned on the card in general. How did you, um, how did you feel about um, the Britt Baker promo? Formulaic. Uh, the sandbag part. Oh, nah, I don't have a problem with it. I thought it was yeah, hilarious. What are you talking about? You already know I, I thought it. she sandbagged, so... Yes, but you don't see the issue with her trying to make fun of someone for not cooperating in a move? Just from, like, a like a kayfabe point of view? It's, it's very weird. Is this not a thing that AEW does constantly, is blur the lines between reality and kayfabe, though? Yes, but I feel like if you're trying to build a feud... The insult that your heel should have for the face isn't you didn't participate enough in the cooperative wrestling moves that we do together. That seems they, weird. Also, I will I say like this. It. Your casual fans isn't even going to get the reference, so it doesn't matter. I guess. But 
again, like we've talked about, AEW doesn't really cater to casual fans that much. So I don't, I don't know. It just felt weird to me. It felt off. Um, I get what I get. The point. Even most all of the people in the like, audience didn't get it till the very end. Like you can hear some ooze at the end for the very few people that understood the reference. Because if you're not following on Twitter, then you're not understanding the reference anyway. Yeah, I, don't, I just I didn't like it. I love. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have done that shit in the ring live. I think it would have like, got a better oh. reaction. Like, oh, put pull it out of like a title velvet bag, thinking it's a new title or some shit, and put it for the sandbag instead. I thought that would have been funnier. That would have been greater. Yeah, uh, I, just, I feel like do you? It's weird because we were just talking about Miro being really good at the pre-recorded stuff mm-hmm. compared to live, right? Isn't Dr. Britt Baker better live in the middle of the ring than she is backstage promos? Yes, like she's but it's because it's because it's because she plays off the crowd a lot better than she does just talking straight. That's why. I think that's especially what it is. as a heel, I guess. Yeah. So you kind of want that. All right, we got to move on. We're going to move on to. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for your thoughts on this guy. Make it make sense. NXT 2.0. We had Cora Jade and Roxanne, <laughs> and yeah, Roxanne win the tag titles from Toxic Attraction a week ago. And the following mm. week, we had Cora Jade, while still tag team champions, turn on her own partner and, uh, yeah, turn heel just randomly. And it was, it was not random. It was She's, definitely random. They've been, they've been telling a long, complex story. Okay. Okay. So Basically. here's the deal. No, they haven't. All right. <laughs> not at all <laughs> it's the most random shit it's probably the worst feud or storyline in nxt and there there are some bad ones right there are some bad ones uh oh my god this was so bad i watched this not to mention that it was only made worse by the propped skateboard breaking before <laughs> that made it i mean it was already bad enough yeah. Then this I mean, on top shit of like that happens, so I can. Eh, no, yeah, I feel yeah, bad it was, for Cora Jade on that. Yeah, no, no, I feel bad for him. I'm, it just enhanced how bad it was. It was almost like it was a sign that you should not be doing this. <laughs> it was like that. That's how I took it. It wasn't a knock on Cora Jade or anybody, but uh, I feel like you should have practiced maybe a little bit more with the prop gimmick before this went down or something. Because I mean, like, why did you come up that fucking hard with it if you knew it was barely pieced together? And it was gonna break like a Jeff. Or just hold it where shit. the hold it where the seam is, and then let it go as it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would have been better for sure. Because then even if it breaks, you're still holding it together enough where it does. You don't know. I All mean, right. and then the funny thing is, Roxanne sells the piece that hits her first. That wasn't actually attached to Cora's I mean, hand. So technically, <laughs> she, technically, she did just throw a piece of skateboard at her. So <laughs> she, um, she barely grazed there, and she went down like a soccer player. Like, okay, hey, so I'm a. It's it was so bad. This the storyline is so bad makes no sense and then you've got people like the spaces group that i was mentioning last week that probably ate this up because you know they can't uh, they can't uh pay attention to a storyline for more than two weeks anyway so this worked out real well for all you people that don't know how fucking storylines are supposed to go down or it can't really be a storyline i guess if it's only a two-week thing anyway a two-show thing that's not really a storyline that's just a knee-jerk reaction uh, let's throw whatever the fuck at the wall because clearly whatever we're doing is not working. Um, but I don't see why that wouldn't have worked. Why would you put the tag straps on them? Don't sit there and tell me that this is so that you can uh, get a bigger shock reaction out of anybody. Oh, you didn't know that was coming. You know why? Because it shouldn't have came because it was fucking stupid. There's a difference between shocking someone uh, with actual build and shocking someone just because you wanted 
to do something different like that made no sense like there's clearly a difference uh this was so bad dude so what do you what is your thoughts about all this because this is a uh one out of ten for me guy it was just so bad so bad where does this rank on the worst storylines of all time too I mean, Katie Vick is going to be pretty yeah, well, fucking high up there. I was, um, I was thinking more NXT stuff, okay, honestly. Gotcha. But yeah. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Katie Vick is on Mount Rushmore of bad storylines, which we might yeah. actually do one day. So It's on fucking Mount Everest. Um, yeah, it's definitely I, uh, on the Mount Rushmore, bro. <laughs> Mount Everest. Um, I Okay. I think the way that they're going with this or what they're trying to do is do a whole, like, Cora Jade was jealous because... Roxanne got a, a championship match and she didn't. Um, obviously, that's the reason for the attack before the show and like trying to sabotage her and then coming out and beating the shit out of her after the match, all that stuff. But they didn't plant any seeds for it. Like, it doesn't, that's the problem. Like, there was no, like, we talk a lot about how, you know, all, all they do is put together tag teams and break them up. But at least there's normally some build to the breakup. Like, there's some kind of tension, there's some kind of conflict, whatever. I don't know if I just hadn't been paying close enough attention to the product, but I don't remember there being any of that. No, there there's was, not. Was and here's like, the thing. Here's what my big thing is, is I tweeted out, and I thought it was a great tweet, got no, no reaction like the Jordan Grace uh, thing that I tweeted out. No, no reaction, no, no traction, but I thought it was a great tweet, is that I feel like maybe they did this on purpose because there is no women's tag team champions on the main roster anymore. So they're right. taking the fucking titles away from NXT too because there's no point in them having tag team titles for the women because now what do you do with the tag titles? You probably vacate them and never give them to anybody again because, like, what's the point? What's the fucking point? Yeah. Like, this is literally their roundabout way just to get rid of the titles. You couldn't just vacate the titles off a of Toxic Attraction. So how do we do it? Well, we have some baby faces win and then turn one of the baby faces while they're still champions. And then they're not going to defend the title. So we vacate them and then nobody ever hears from them again. And it works out because we don't have any fucking women's tag team champions on the main roster. Why not just, okay, but why wouldn't Cora, okay, I don't know how this works in the rule book, but clearly they don't give a shit about the rule book anyway. Why not just have Cora Jade pick a new partner or have Cora Jade say, fuck it, I don't want to be champion anymore, but then you'd have, uh, Roxanne pick a new partner or whatever. Or they could like, have a match and whoever have wins. Match and whoever wins, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, gets to gets to keep the belts and choose a new partner. Um, there's there's a lot of ways to do it from there, but they never end up doing it. They did the same thing with um, uh, Evil and Sonata. So when Evil turned, they were still champions, but he didn't turn on Sonata. He just turned on the group broadly. Um, and then the belts were just like kind of fucked from there. It didn't really make any sense. Like the uh, um. Well, I mean, if you had two interesting characters and not just two people that nobody really knows or that are not yeah. being built up in any kind of way at the moment, if you had two interesting characters like your John Cena and Shawn Michaels or your uh, Miz and John Cena when they won the titles or whatever, have them keep defending it even though they don't like each other because it would be great storytelling and great uh, entertainment. Like, who who cares? Like, your champions, you have to defend them. And then maybe, like, Cora's like, uh, Cora just walks out on her or something, and like when she reaches out for the tag, Gresham style or whatever, when he turned heel, something like that. But yeah, I mean, that's what you should be doing. Make yeah. them fucking defend the titles. You are champions. I don't care if you don't get along. Either one of you is going to show up and keep having the title because, you know, the champions make more money, etc. Uh, kayfabe, right? So you you have the champion comes out because they want to make the money. So even though they don't like their partner, they want to keep being tag team champions. 
I mean, I, there's other ways to do this than to just to vacate the titles because they turned on each other or one person turned on uh, the other randomly. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, this is one of the worst storylines I've ever seen in my life. And I, I really do feel like they're just going to vacate the titles. Now, if they don't and they actually do make them defend it or they do have like a match and whoever wins gets both titles and they get to pick another partner, I will be the first one to applaud them. But I just don't see that happening here at all. Yeah, um, they're not really good enough storytellers to fix this, I feel like. So it's just going to be, it's going to, they're going to get rid of the belts. I mean, there's interesting stuff they could do no matter how shitty this started. But we know it. They're not going to do any of it. So it's dumb. It's all dumb. All right. They clearly don't have a fucking plan here. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the next topic here. Death before Dishonor. I've used this graphic three times in a row, and I'll probably use it next week too. <laughs> um, I like this poster. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've got an updated card, guys. And uh, Marcus, who was in here earlier, I don't know if he still is or not, but he was in here earlier asking us our thoughts about does it look like a great pay-per-view on paper? The answer is yes, it does, at least from my point of view. We've got, um, now we've got five matches. They're all championship matches. You've got Yuta versus Garcia for the pure title. You've got Lethal versus Joe for the TV title. You've got... Gresham versus Claudio for the world title, and you've got FT or you've got Mercedes Martinez versus Serena D for the women's title, and then you've got FTR Briscoe's two two out of three falls for the ROH tag team titles. So yeah. yes, I mean like this pay per view actually looks better on paper than the first one they did to me. Well, the first one we all pretty much bought it just on the FTR match. So so now you got that again, two out of three it, falls, that again, and all these other shit. good matches with yeah. it. Yes, exactly. I agree. Um, how do you how do you feel about the Yuta Garcia one? Okay, so I think Yuta Garcia could actually go either way because of the Blackpool Combat Club versus JAS on uh, AEW TV. Right. It would not shock me at all if Garcia got this title right here because Yuta's had it for a while now, obviously, um, since the last pay-per-view. And he's defended it. And so I feel like um, I would not be shocked at all if Garcia ended up winning and held the title on AEW uh in the JAS because JAS needs something because uh Blackpool Combat Club has the world title for with Moxley, right? Yeah. Um even though I want Gresham to hold the title over Claudio, I'm I'm probably going to pick Claudio on the predictions. So they're mm -hmm. going to have two world titles and then possibly yeah. Yuta, too. I think if you wanted to give something else to or give something to boost up JAS after all these losses to Blackpool Combat Club, this would be the chance to do it right here. So I would not yeah. be shocked at all if Garcia won. I think it's going to be a great match, though. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much on the same page. I, I don't know how you have. See, this is the thing, too, though, is I don't think the BCC shit's really continuing with JAS. So they don't really have to do the one to one thing too much. Obviously, the Garcia and Yuta stuff, but other than that, it just seems like it's more of a Kingston thing now. Um, yeah, I agree. So, you might not, you might not have to consider... Moxley's focused on other. CM Punk. Or, uh, Danielson is probably going to be focused on Zack Sabre Jr. or Gresham when he comes back, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have uh, Claudio is going after Gresham currently. So Yeah, and I feel like that's a good way to do the Danielson thing, is if they cheat and then Claudio loses his chance... And then Gresham starts going on about how oh, he's clearly the best technical whatever, and then you have Brian come back and beat him. Um, be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but 
the, then your your thing still remains okay. So I feel like Excalibur and everybody in commentary said that Claudio's never held the Ring of Honor title for a reason. So I feel like almost that was kind of a tip of your tip of your hand type deal. Mentioning well, that Claudio's never been Ring of Honor World Champ or World Champ well, anywhere. What was uh, the reason? I feel like maybe that's a nod to hey, he's about to win this title. I I'd, I'd prefer his first World Championship ever to be AEW world, ta- world Champion, but that's just me. I actually think Claudio is bigger than Ring of Honor. I think this is a cool match on paper, and it'll be cool to see, and it'll be cool to see him back in Ring of Honor, but I think he's bigger than Ring of Honor. So if you, there's a way that you can get out of this, like a draw or aggression winning by nefarious means with Tully Blanchard Enterprises, and uh, you could do it that way and still protect Claudio, but still keep Gresham your champ going forward before the Ring of Honor brand, uh, I think that will work out for everybody a little bit better, but but we'll see. Because there was, I mean, I don't know how many title changes there are actually going to be because there was so many title changes on the last pay-per-view because they were all Ring of Honor guys and they went to basically AEW guys. There was, everybody lost their titles. So I don't know how many title changes Tony Khan's going to be willing to do on this one, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm. Well, like, okay, so out of all the matches, are you still looking forward to FTR versus Briscoes the most? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we already know that one's going to be really, really good. Um, I mean, Yuta and Garcia will probably be good. Um, yeah, I mean, when we're, we're talking about, like, which match is probably going to be the best on the card, it's pretty obviously going to be FTR and Briscoes. I don't think, Dude, I don't think it's gotta be, unless somebody it's gets gotta injured be a, in it. FTR and Briscoe's got to go 2-1, though, right? It can't be a 2-0 oh, a, Yeah, yeah, because it's a false count, or it's a 2-0-3. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, probably. I mean, they're going to do 1-1. One, one. Um, if they really wanted to set up, like, a good heel-face dynamic or whatever early in the match, just have one of them, like, take a DQ, get the pin off of whatever they did to get the DQ, and then start it 1-1. One, one. Not start it, like, early on, but, like, do that in the middle of the match, basically. Um, you know, one of the Briscoes grabs a chair, domes somebody, gets a DQ, but then is able to get the pin, and you have it 1-1, one, one, and then it's, like, a regular match from then on. Um, because even though that kind of fucks up the whole point of having the tension of the two three falls, it does give it a lot more like clear heel face dynamic so that you can build your your spots towards like hope spots for the. Well, if you're gonna make the FTR the baby faces, obviously because we've seen it in yeah. the past now with the Dax at Forbidden Door leaving and then coming back and getting the reaction. If you right. do it, if you do it where like the Briscoes like low blow somebody and they get the automatic DQ and then they come back and do their finishing move to get it one one right after, and then now it's FTR is on the brink or whatever and they have to play the babyface role because they're the ones that one just took their finishing move and two got hit in the balls and they're about to lose their titles so they'd yeah. have their they'd have to win so they they'd get the babyface support. But right. it's really hard to determine that because of where they're going to be, and it's a Ring of Honor show. And FTR, <laughs> even though they're Ring of Honor World Champions, they've only had one Ring of Honor match. So they're not really Ring of Honor guys. So I don't even know if that's even going to be possible for people to start booing the Briscoes because the Briscoes are just synonymous with Ring of Honor. Yeah, that is another problem. Um, how do you feel about the Joe Lethal match? Because I feel like it's been dragged out so much at this point that I'm not... It's whatever that to me. Um, My issue with the Joe Lethal match isn't anything to do with Joe or Lethal. It's the fact that Joe has been hurt, so he hasn't been able to respond to any of the stuff. So I've been seeing the same fucking promo from uh, Sanjay Dutt, Lethal, and mm-hmm. Satnam Singh. Sing. So 
that's my main issue with it is I was just seeing the same shit over and over. Nothing really different's happening. Yeah. We're going to beat you. I think it's going to be a good match. I just... Okay, so I I think I'm going to be more excited when the match starts than I am... Like, I'm not excited for it right now. But when when the bell rings, I'm going to be like, okay, this match is about to be really fucking good. Let's see what happens. But I'm not, like... I'm not buying the pay-per-view for the Joe versus Lethal match because the build has been such a one-way thing. Also, I don't think that works in Lethal's favor either. I think Samojo's going to retain, obviously. I'm I'm not crazy about Lethal. As a wrestler, like he's not bad. Obviously, he's one of those guys that I could like take or leave. Um. So, but I I really do like to see Joe. So, I'm excited for it, but not not as much as the Briscoes match. All right, let's move on to the fourth topic of hot tag topics. The last one, and we got to talk about the 30k baby. The 30k. Mm. This is a this was a big topic, and I don't know why. But we're going to talk about it because it was such a big topic. One promoter told Fightful that Banks' steep asking price of $30,000 for a non-wrestling appearance uh, is exactly as expected, elaborating that her demand should be high since she left WWE on her own, own terms. And furthermore, Banks has never been part of the convention circuit and has a huge fan base willing to support her as, at such events because of her wrestling and because of her Star Wars appearance, obviously. The report now that she has her own Star Wars figure, obviously, that helps too because people can get that signed. Um, the report added that Banks' asking price is the highest a just-off-TV talent has ever commanded and is comparable to the rate set by AEW star Sting. Only Ric Flair, Goldberg, Shawn Michaels, and Hulk Hogan reportedly command a higher per-appearance rate. The same promoter who shared these details with Fightful said that they were more than happy to book Banks at 30 k per appearance as they are confident they'd recover the money. Now, let me go ahead and... There's, I can, there's, you can come from this from a couple different angles. One... Make your money, son. I, if she knows she can make that, and she clearly does, and she clearly will, good for her. Because if you can do that for the rest of 2022, because you already said that you're not taking any wrestling bookings until January 1st of 2023, unless that was just a swerve because you want to surprise somebody in AEW, hint, hint, come on over. But if if that's what ends up actually happening because of something in her contract that we don't know about, Go for it, dude. 30K per appearance at conventions for nerds and simps and stands? Go for it, dude. I Okay, so the only thing the the Sasha thing is uh that like is a red flag type deal is don't be shocked if Sasha comes back to wrestling because this is not something she could probably do for another 20 years and make 30K. See, Sasha is hot right now. Goldberg, Flair, Shawn Michaels, Hogan, Sting, they were wrestling for 20, 30 years, legends, they can coast on that for the rest of their life. Sasha, unless she goes and does some more like Star Wars or Marvel or, you know, some other movies or something, she has a cap, I think, as far as her popularity. If she like never comes back to wrestling, I think that goes down. Does that make sense? Like she would have to come back to wrestling and still be be a big name to command those types of numbers in the future. But right now, for like the next couple of years, she could absolutely coast on 30K. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay, so here's, I'm just doing math in my head, right? It's not that I don't think she should ask whatever she she thinks she's worth, but from a convention, like, runner's point of view, right? Is it worth 30K? Because let's say your tickets to your convention cost $30, okay? Like a $30 entry fee or whatever the fuck. A lot of conventions don't even have entry fees, but let's say it's $30 to get into whatever convention. She would have to be pulling, like, an extra thousand people 
that would not have come otherwise to make that worth it. Or um, $30 per person just based on um, if there's not like an entrance fee or whatever. So you'd have to pull enough people to make that worth it through whatever they buy from concessions or whatever cut the convention owner gets from the dealer's tables or whatever the fuck, however it works. Um, if she sets up autographs for like 20 bucks a piece and they get a 25% cut, then it's $5 per autograph. Blah, blah, blah. Like she would have to bring in enough people to be worth that money. And it's not that I don't think she could. I just don't know what the, the profit margin on that would be. Yeah, I don't that see. That's the thing because a lot of conventions are run differently. So it's not really something we can just pinpoint. Like some yeah. people will. So like you said, some people do have entry fees for their conventions. Some people do not. Some people uh, make money off of parking to go towards their venue that they're fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. that they're trying to run through. Some people will get it off the actual individual sales because some wrestlers will uh, base like sometimes they don't even have to pay certain people a lot of money because they'll be making all their money off the autographs and taking a picture with me and all this other stuff, the meet and greets and stuff, and they get to keep that money, but. Um, They'll make the money. The convention will actually make the money from the entry fees or whatever. So like it's uh, it's just different stuff. And of course, uh, can, you got concessions there that you can make money off of. You've got right. your own Comic Con or convention uh, merchandise that sells for cheaper. So if somebody wanted to be like, hey, I got this shirt from there because I actually went and I met so and so. Like people will buy that kind of stuff because it's like souvenir type shit. So there's yeah. other things that they can make money on and around. It just depends on the convention. That's that's the problem. And the one that she's going to, they've got a lot of people there. So this guy clearly is doing it in a way that he knows he'll be fine. So, like, Sasha Banks isn't, like, it's not Sasha Banks and then a lot of people you've never heard of, if, if that makes right. sense. There's a bunch of good people there. So, um, it just depends on who is running it and how they run it. So, um, it could be something different, completely different from another convention. Maybe another convention is not willing to do it because they do it a different way and they don't think they could recoup that 30K. Yeah. I Okay. So, again, and this is uh, good for her, absolutely, 100% behind her. If she can get that money, fucking great. Go get it. Um my that was literally my only thought was like from a convention point of view like how what what would she have to bring in for that to be profitable and would that happen? But again, I don't run conventions and they do, so I'm going to assume that they know, or ha at least have a good idea of what she'll bring in and that it would be profitable. Nobody's okay, setting so this rate or paying this rate. What, what, what about the other point I made? Do you agree or disagree with that? Like she has a shelf life on this unless she comes back to wrestling though. Can she? Yes. Can she from five years from now not yeah, come back to wrestling no, and still ask thirty yeah, k at a convention? I don't think so. Well. Okay, so could CM Punk have done that? Yes. Can Sasha? Ah, fuck. I mean, look I at I mean, she's, look at the names that were there though. Not, not CM Punk aside, forget CM Punk. Yeah, well, I'm Rick just thinking Flair, about other people. Goldberg, Shawn Michaels, Hogan, and Sting. Yeah, yeah. What do they all have in common? They were wrestling forever. They were big names on top for a long time. Sasha, yeah. even though she's been a big name in WWE for a while now. It's not mm -hmm. nowhere those levels, right? So no one's looking at Sasha in the same uh, instance as they are those guys as far as Legends of the Ring. These guys can coast and have coasted at conventions for a long time and can keep asking those types of prices until they pass away. Can yeah. Sasha maintain that same thing? I don't think so, don't, not yeah, unless she comes so back. I mean, she's obviously like a really talented wrestler and everything, but she's still ultimately like a wrestler and doesn't have the mystique of like an Undertaker or Goldberg or, or anything like that. So I think that she can get away with this for a while. I think she will eventually have to come back to wrestling to uh, re-increase her value or whatever. Wherever she goes is going to get a huge fucking boost. Or um, not even just wrestling. Like, even if she just wanted to go, like I said earlier, any nerd Star route. Wars stuff. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars. It's like if they want to keep bringing her in for Mandalorian or whatever or 
um, another show pitch. or whatever, anything. Yeah, Marvel, DC, whatever. Like, like if she could get roles, then and they're roles that uh, cater to conventions is what is basically yeah. my main point. Then yeah, she could yeah. keep that up. But if she's not yeah. going that route and she wants to keep wrestling, I don't think she'd be able to keep the asking price at thirty k. Uh, five years down the line, like this is That's a. She could do this easily for the rest of this year and 2023, but 2024, mm-hmm. she's still not back at wrestling and not acting anywhere. Right. Do we still ask for 30K? Or is somebody still paying you for 30K? Are you still bringing in those numbers to those conventions to recoup that 30K? I don't know. That's the thing, too, though, because you don't really need to. If you set this as, like, your baseline price, then even as your value diminishes, it's you would still be able to pull, like, what, like 10K at some point? So it's good to start high. Well, what other people consider high like this because then as your value diminishes, it's still pretty fucking high. Even if you're getting paid 10K to go sit down and sign autographs and take p- pictures with people, that's more than a lot of people making an entire quarter. And, like the I mean, and, she's, and she has a good time, and she's like meeting a lot of her fans, and it's not intrusive. Yeah. Like, Of course, we know in the past she has a problem with intrusive fans at airports and stuff like that. This is an actual, this is an actual event that she's getting paid for, and, you get it, and you're meeting your bigger fans that aren't fucking stalking you, basically, um, stuff like that. Right. And they, I mean, and people bring you stuff all the time. Like, I just saw a really cool video with Mick Foley where a chick drew, like, paint. I don't know if it was painted or drew. Um, they did, like, a window painting, and each thing was a, one of his faces. They had the Santa Claus, Dude oh, Love, God. Mankind, Cactus Jack, and he signed each one in for each uh, <laughs> name. So that was pretty fucking cool. So, like, you get really cool, unique stuff like that that people bring you or want signed that they did. Uh, yeah. So, like, as long as she's having a good time with it, too. And it's nothing that uh, I mean, she's just doing clearly just for the money, and she actually wants like clearly part of it's for the money. And we're not gonna sit here and bitch that you're not doing this yeah. for money. But if you're actually actually having a good time doing it too, and like she said, she's never really done the convention circuit. That's what the report said. Mm. So like, uh, this could open a whole new thing for her, and maybe she more appreciative because people are coming even though she left. Does mm. that make sense? Like like yeah. like the thing with McFoley, like he the uh, the post that. I watched earlier today. He's just so happy that people still like him to that degree. So like maybe this will give her a better appreciation for her fans as well in the process. Not to say that she doesn't now, but like just a bigger one. Yeah. So I think this could work out on multiple levels going uh, towards the future. And hopefully maybe enough people coming at these conventions to be like, Hey, please go to AEW. We want to see you in AEW, you know, something like that. That'd be cool. You can tell people that, that talk about this, Otherwise, too. And we don't, you know, like we were just saying, like, we can at least admit, like, yeah, I don't know what the profit margin would be because we don't fucking we don't run conventions. If 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 there's somebody that's running a convention and thinks that that's worth it, then cool. Like, they clearly have a better idea of what specific people draw than we do um, or like what the average spending per like extra like, OK, everybody kind of has like a um, profit per customer margin in their head when they run events that include things like concessions and cuts on sales and whatever so if they're doing that math and saying yeah if she brings in an extra 500 people then that puts me in profit and i'm pretty sure she would bring in more you know 500 people if you run in a big city blah 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 like i can see that being a, a good argument to have her in at 30k um what the dumbest fucking argument that i saw though was and this this could have easily been uh on the on the mark that tweet segment for this week somebody said that um they were like they were trying to make a comparison about how old WWE stars don't even make that much to do actual shows. And the fucking example that they used, dude, they said, I had an event that was local to me, and uh Scotty Too Hottie was on the show. 
and he didn't even charge that much. So 30000 is ridiculous. Like, bro, Dottie Too Hottie was never anything except for like a fucking side joke act. He was like Disco Inferno, essentially. He was not like a face of the company. He definitely wasn't world champion. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We're not going Disco Inferno levels here, bro. No. Scotty Too Hottie is not a jackass outside the ring and actually has I'm some kind of fucking knowledge company. of the business. Like Disco Inferno, like I get what you're saying. Like on the card, yeah. he was a comedy wrestler. No, I agree with you. He's nowhere close to a Sasha Banks. That's not a fair comparison at all. So I agree with you. And uh, Marcus says, to be frank, 30000 isn't bad for her popularity. I, we completely agree on that. We yeah. go make the money while you can, while you can get the 30 k right. We just don't think that the popularity stays that high, 30 k high, if she doesn't no. come back to wrestling or go into acting for big movie roles or TV show yeah. roles or something like that. Definitely but yeah, right now, go for it. Right. Yeah, 100%. Like, it, like I've said, like, this, because this is her first foray into it, if mm -hmm. she likes it, you know how many conventions run? Yeah. If people are contacting her, dude, 30K a pop? You could do that but, shit every weekend and fucking be fine forever. Even when I went to, uh, when I went to Forbidden Door, I was in uh, Chicago. Um, one of the places that I went to go eat uh, was right beside this place that was advertising the like, anime convention that they were about to have the next week. Like they're just all over the place. Every big city has always got some kind of goddamn convention going on. Here in um, and the uh, in we have one here uh, uh, because we got the Gulf Coast Coliseum like four minutes away from my house, um, mm -hmm. which I'm really hoping AEW runs at some point because I can walk there. Um, yeah. That would be fucking awesome. But uh, anyway, they have uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, convention or whatever, uh, and they had Sting there, right? And of course, we know now Sting is. Charging 30k per appearance at these conventions, yeah. and I look at the rest of the conventions, and I was like, dude, the only reason I would even go to this convention is because of Sting. So like, there's, there's obviously people out there that are gonna feel the same way about Sasha Banks at certain conventions as well. So maybe that's where the guy's coming from as far as, hey, um, we, yeah. we'll easily recoup our money from that type deal. Yeah, and there's always conventions everywhere, dude. Like we have Animazement for anime stuff. We got Greenville Comic Con. We got all kinds of. And, and then also even not, not far from you, I know they got Florida Comic Con too. That's not far yeah. from you that I know people go to every year. That's in North Carolina as well. So I, I don't even remember what the one everywhere. was in Myrtle Beach that I went to that one year with Alicia, where we ended up hanging out with fucking Giorgio from Ancient Aliens for the entire yeah, weekend. The alien guy, yeah, yeah. And then you uh, see, uh, then you is that where you met Doug Jones too? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. went to Medieval Times with Doug Jones. That's <laughs> a weird weekend, dude. Um, but yeah. Uh, same kind of thing. Like they're in town. You can, you know, if you're not weird, sometimes they'll hang out with you outside of the convention. So it's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty yeah. cool. All right, let's ask the wrestling journalist. Do you think Sasha Banks is worth the 30k at a convention? And before we get that answer, Doug Jones, nicest fucking guy. Sure, why not? There you go. See, that's what, that's pretty much what we said. Yeah, sure, why not? Why you can do it? Do it. Wrestling journalist coming through again as usual. All right, so that was the hot tag topics. We're going to take a quick break when we get back. Media time and mark that tweet. So check this out while we take our break. Jake and Brian, Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What, what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan.
All right, guys, we're back. I don't know why the countdown started. My bad. Countdown. We're gonna let. We're gonna you know let two. We're gonna let two contract Landon just fucking bury us uh, every week, bro. Yeah, he like, two contract <laughs> Landon, bro. Always oh, burying us, burying us every week. Every I gotta week. work in the uh, Sean Ross one too every now and then too, though. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. Uh, thanks, uh, Landon, for fucking our names up. Um, I'm Jack. This is Ryan. Monster Cast is back, <laughs> and we are going into media time. Are you ready for this? I am. Here we go. Let me get this countdown off here. We don't have a countdown for media time. Sorry about that, guys. No more countdown for today's show. All right, not that it's been working anyway. Let's go. Media time. All right, so here's the question that we saw on Twitter. Where would WrestleMania 20 main event rank in the history of WrestleMania main events if not for the tragic events of Chris, Nancy, and Daniel Benoit? Um, so this is obviously literally main event. So just the last match. Not So there is no Hogan Rock in this, right? There's no uh, TLCs, you know, shit like that. You, this is literally main events. So would the triple threat... Uh, World Heavyweight Championship match between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Chris Benoit be um, talked about as the top main event of all time if it wasn't for Chris Benoit's uh, events later on? Uh, or would it be something else? Would, it, would something else still surpass it? We know that it would be talked about more, obviously, right? Because it was a really good fucking match. But it, would it be considered yeah. the top main no. event of all time? No, or would it be something else? No, no, no. Even if, even if Chris Benoit was still alive, active, never killed anybody, completely normal guy, there's always going to be the Steve Austin versus The Rock at 17. 17, yeah. The best video package of all time. Yeah, I, I agree that that's up there, obviously. That's probably the main one that it's going to be compared to. Yeah. Um, but you also have Undertaker, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, too. Michaels at 26, yeah. Yeah. That's yep. probably mine, honestly. I mean, and then you also have Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at um yes, 12. the Iron Man match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. no, those those are those are mine. Yeah. See, if so I had I a top four, it wouldn't. It probably this match would actually probably be five. So if I did I Mount Rushmore, this would not make four. it. You know who right. I have on there because nostalgic reasons, and he was my guy. But yeah, and it was probably his best match and Hogan's best match, honestly. But yeah, him and Andre the Giant, obviously. No, no. That's the most. <laughs> if I was rating the most overrated, overrated matches, yeah, main events, yes, that would be on there. Um, yeah. But it would be Shawn. Uh, it would be. Warrior. It would be Shawn Michaels. And this fucking list just further proves why he was called Mr. WrestleMania. Just so you know. Yeah, I know so he's on like Shawn three Michael, of them. It would be Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. It would be Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. It would be uh, Rock Austin, and it would be Hogan Warrior for me personally. This match right yeah. here that we're talking about for. This, if shit didn't go down the way it did, it would be number five for me, probably. Mine's pretty much the same, except I would not have the yeah, Hogan Warrior match on it at all. Warrior, yeah. yeah, obviously. Macho um, Man and Hogan also is up there, too. Five, yeah. right? Isn't that WrestleMania five? Yeah. Their big-ass two-year two storyline. Yeah. So that's up there, too, for me. But I, I had to put this one higher if I was ranking them over Hogan. You know what? Savage. You know what I would, I, I might put up there, and a lot of people don't remember this match, but it was like, I don't know, I wouldn't say it was underrated, but I feel like it, when you go back and watch it, it holds up really fucking well. Is the, um, the, 
uh, Seth Rollins cash in from Lesnar uh, Lesnar versus Reigns at 30, 30, 31? 31. What do you think about the Danielson it was just one? such a big, like, the Danielson one. Yeah, um, when he beat Batista and Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the main event. And then, and then yeah, well, he beat them and then beat... Um, no, he beat Triple, Triple H. H first. Oh, did he beat Triple H first? Yeah, it was the first match. I don't he know why I thought it was the other way around. First. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that one could be out there, too, for sure. Um, and then even you even had the... Uh, the more recent um, Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns. That was not a bad match at all. That was like a really good match. I think that one holds up really well, too, and probably will for a while. I think the problem is, though... How do you do night ones and night twos? And was that even consider, the actual main consider, event? I consider, consider it one event. Yeah, it was the main event of night two. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you're not, we're, so we're not ranking Sasha versus Bianca at all, then? It would probably be out there, too. Um, yeah, but that was, wasn't that a night one main event? Yes, but what I'm saying is if you can only pick one from both nights, I, I would probably put the Reigns versus Edge versus whatever for WrestleMania 37. Um, um, okay. No, no, yeah, okay. For overall, you mean? Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, like, Sasha and Bianca one was event. fucking amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. But no, I mean, I this match obviously holds up really well, the Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit one. Um, with or without Chris Benoit's shit, it still wouldn't be the number one ever. It just, It's just not. And that's not... I don't know whose fault that is, or if it's anyone's. The storytelling going into it was really good. I think um, I think everybody in the match is probably a better wrestler than like so I, let me, Hogan I think Warrior, I know with this. obviously. If it was a one-on-one between any of those two guys, it would be higher than the three-way, the triple threat. The triple threat is actually the thing that got in their way. You think they just weren't meshing together as a triple threat? Or well, not no, as good as you would have liked for it to be ranked number one. Like, the match is still great, obviously. Yeah. I don't know. But it um, was... It, there's, like, certain th- triple threats that you're like, okay, Rollins, Cena, Lesnar. Cena, Lesnar, yeah. That one always comes to mind. So do you view that, like, so you good. like that match better than this match? Yeah, of course. Um, and even the, the Edge, uh, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns one, I'd probably say, as a, as a triple threat match, I probably think is a better match but it didn't have better build. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the end answer to all this, we don't have to get into specifics on it because we know that there are other WrestleMania main events that, would, that you would easily put above this one. So, no, it would not. Welcome to your Thank you for the follow. I appreciate it. Taekwon Mills. I hope I said that mm-hmm. right. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. He's but, uh, his government name. But, uh... Let's, I mean, don't use it. Don't use your government name as your Twitch name if you don't want me to say it on stream. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so the uh, I agree with you. Like, if there was five spots on the Mount Rushmore, I think this would make it for me. Uh, it might squeak in there. But yeah. um, hello, and yes, it's correct. Well, I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for. I'm going to put this on. There we go. So just for everybody on YouTube, when this posts on YouTube, I got it right. All right. All right. So, um, you're, you're a yeah, good I think reader. this would make the fifth spot if there was a fifth president up on that Mount Rushmore. Um, but yeah, I don't think it makes my top five. Me either. Um, and I don't think it's even close. But but we can assume that like if the shit with Chris Benoit never happened, like this would be talked about a lot more though in the realm of WrestleMania main events. People don't shut the fuck up about it now. What do you mean? People talk about it all the time. I, I oh, if hold anything, on, hold on, we gotta. 
I don't mind my government name. I don't have anything to hide. Just don't check my basement. <laughs> All right, cool deal. All right, Marcus says, Sean versus Undertaker, Hogan versus Rock. Hogan versus Rock was not the main event, so we can't count that one. That was not the very last match of WrestleMania, so that one doesn't count. Um, Who the hot fuck take is Edge versus Roman versus Brian. He agrees with you. And then Triple H versus Sean and Benoit is Burke. Or then five is Sean versus Brett. Okay, so you, you have Sean and Brett <laughs> Iron Man match lower than Triple H, Sean, and Benoit? Mm. Mm. And Edge, Roman, Brian? Yeah. Come on, Marcus. Don't be that guy. I don't, I don't Marcus, don't be that, that guy on this show. You're getting fussy. Now, we're going to take Hogan versus Rock out, so Sean versus Brett now makes it because Hogan versus Rock was not a main event. Not top five, Taekwon. We're doing, um, basically, there's been a lot of conversation lately about whether or not... Uh, the triple threat match between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Benoit would be uh, remembered as one of the one of or the best WrestleMania main events of all time, if not for the Chris Benoit stuff. And honestly, I don't think either one of us think it it would be considered the best WrestleMania. Event uh, of yeah, all time I wouldn't say it's it. top four. We're talking more top four. Or we're talking more top four than top five. Would it make the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania main events? And, and we were both saying no, but it would be like right there on be, the yeah, outside right of under. it. But no, we don't think it. so. Yeah, I've got our list different. Very or our list vary a little because i'm a ultimate warrior mark as you can see right there um wasn't the greatest of person outside the ring but when i was a kid nostalgic reasons he's the reason i got into wrestling as much as i did so um hogan and warrior is on my list hogan warrior is on my list uh rock austin is on my list uh brett and sean iron man match for wrestlemania 12 is on my list and my other one was um what was my other one i lost it <clears throat> Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So th those are mine. Um, how much do you want to get into the the Chris Benoit stuff since you were, nah, were part I of mean, that? Okay, so if you follow me on Twitter, or our well, if you follow us on Twitter at Real Monstercast, you can follow us. Uh, I did gain a lot of traction on a tweet that I broke, a story that I broke first before everybody else. Uh, I actually got it up there before the two people that were breaking the news. Um, it was while they were breaking the news on Instagram, Jordan Grace and uh, uh, David Benoit because of the comments that Jordan Grace made and then the backlash he got from re wrestlers that wrestled with Benoit and uh, some a lot of fans, obviously. Uh, she decided to get with uh, David Benoit and create a fundraiser for the company that studied Chris Benoit's brain for CTE and concussions and all that stuff. Um, so it ended up being where she donated 5,000 and the goal was 20,000. Uh, but she got a lot of backlash. So she had to walk back those comments or whatever. And I reported it in the middle of them because I just happened to be on Instagram and I was like, you know what? I'm going to tweet this out before I go to sleep because it was really late. And I had to go to sleep. And I did not know that when I woke up, it was going to be blown up like it was because I didn't know I was the first one technically reporting on it. Um, I thought maybe she had already posted it on Twitter and then she went live on Instagram or something like that. But anyway, of course, I had like almost 900 likes and a lot of people commenting. And uh, so I got not a lot of new follows, a lot of uh, comments on that tweet, a lot of people that think it was a publicity stunt from Jordan Grace, a lot of people that uh, didn't agree or did agree with her initial comments. So, I mean, I had to go through a lot of stuff. Uh, my fucking notification thing was all fucked up. I, could, I probably missed a lot of stuff from other people on actual good tweets. All I was doing was literally reporting not one way or the other. Um, I don't really have a huge issue with what she said if she was a regular fan. I think it was not smart of her to make that tweet as a wrestler, knowing that you wrestle with 
ton of people that are connected to Chris, ba Chris, Chris Benoit in some way or another um, without knowing all the facts of the situation and who's all involved. And like, I feel like if you would have watched the dark side of the ring episode on Chris Benoit, they did a fantastic job of how they laid that episode out. I think it was uh towed the line very well. Um, but I think that her comments were a little bit more harsh than they needed to be. If that makes sense. And saying that Chris Benoit could not hang when he was clearly in the main event, we're talking about his main event right now. Uh, in the triple threat match with Triple H and uh, HBK as possibly one of the greatest WrestleMania main events of all time, if not for what had happened. I think that kind of like tells you right there. So you're telling me Chris Benoit, who won against those two guys, right? You're telling me that Triple H and Shawn Michaels can't hang right now? I mean, no, you gotta, they can't you gotta right watch. now. What are you talking about? No, they can't. What she said, and again, this is just for the record, all the tweets on our account don't necessarily reflect both of our opinions. I agree. I don't think Benoit could 100% hang. What she said was that I don't think Benoit could 100% hang with most of the present-day best wrestlers. Okay? Let's say he never died. Uh, let's say he never murdered anybody, killed himself, whatever. I 100% agree with that. You have to think about how old he would be. Um, uh, no, think I think you're you're not reading that tweet correctly at all, dude. She's not talking. Saying, about, she's not talking about oh, how old he prime? would be right now. She's talking about Chris Benoit then in his prime could not hang he's with still, these guys. Okay, he, that's he what hang, she was saying. He would hang in the way that like any good hand would hang. But is he as good as a Brian Danielson or or a Kenny Omega or an AJ Styles or any of those people? I don't think so. So when she says most of, first of all, that's not even all of most of the present day best wrestlers. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling that. Uh, would he be okay. better than them? No. Would he be better than them? Probably not. No. But to tell me that he can't hang with them? No. Fuck no. That's okay. Inaccurate. But that's, that's such a weird thing to say because even Allen Angels can hang with Kenny Omega if you watch their matches together. So what she's implying by that clearly is that he wouldn't be considered one of the best. I mean, hang with is just literally being a competent wrestler. You're right, Taekwon. She was referring to Benoit at that moment versus today's guys. And right. I, so again, I completely hang, agree that he could he could hang, is what I'm saying. Depends on, again, depends what you mean by hang with. So hang with, you can, again, same example, I'll use it again. Alan Angels has had great matches with Kenny Omega. Nobody's putting Alan Angels in their top ten. So hang with, to me, what she's clearly implying is not whether or not she would be able to, he would be able to keep up. It's like whether or not he would be on the same level. I don't think he would. I don't think he'd be even fucking close. Yeah, I'm going to agree to disagree on that one, guy. And okay. I love Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace is the person I picked on that tweet where they tell you to pick your favorite fucking wrestler from each company or whatever, and I picked Jordan Grace. Like, I'm a big Jordan Grace fan, but I do not agree that Chris Benoit could not hang with the best of the best from today's wrestling. I just don't mm. agree with it. Again, it's just, I guess it depends on what you mean by hang. You think that he would be considered like one of the top 10 guys right now in the state uh, that he okay, was so, in? So, well, obviously that's a subjective thing. So, like, when you say top 10, are we just talking about all around wrestler or are we talking about like, technical wrestler? Because technical he wrestler is yes, top shit, 10 so right now. He couldn't cut a promo for shit. So, yeah, well, and, that's what I'm saying. It depends on how you're looking at the list and what list are you ranking. And we've obviously been over this argument plenty of times when we debate the all-time list and stuff we just went over it last week with aj versus bret hart right it depends but generally on what you're our list at. still have the same guys 
and I don't think he'd be one of them. Yeah, see, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think it depends on who what you're looking at. Now, overall, if we're talking about overall package, no. No, he's not top 10. Right. No. So, but yeah, so what but is you don't, the what's Do you know how many fucking wrestlers there are currently? You don't have to be top 10 to be considered one of the best. When you say present-day best wrestlers, there's a very select group of people that come to mind. And I would not put him in the same ballpark. Okay, so here's, here's I don't know if I don't know what reaction this is about to get from you, but I can't wait. He's yeah, more entertaining. His family? He's no. more entertaining to me <laughs> as yeah. a wrestler than Jonathan Gresham. Okay, that's fine. So I would have him higher than Jonathan Gresham on this list. I, you think that he's a better overall wrestler than Jonathan Gresham? Correct. I do. I, I think that you think that because Jonathan Gresham hasn't had as many high-profile matches or matches with people that were as I've good seen as plenty of, of Jonathan Gresham matches. They ain't got nothing to do with where he had them at. I feel like that's a weird compare because Jonathan Gresham's also not somebody that I would put in like the modern-day, present-day best wrestlers. Well, clearly like, Jordan He's a, he's a really good technical wrestler. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not even I'm not what I'm saying is, mind, obviously, because obviously, obviously he's he overall be better than Gresham. I'm not. I mean, that's not even close to me, honestly. But I'm saying, in te- if you're just rating technical wrestlers, I'm putting Chris Benoit over Jonathan Gresham. If we're literally just talking technical ability, I'm putting him over Jonathan Gresham right now. If we're just talking te- technical ability, then Dean Malenko is the best fucking wrestler ever. Like, I don't. No, 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 no. I we're not saying. I'm not comparing the fucking technical and then just automatically spending it to best wrestler of all time i'm saying if i'm just rating technical wrestling chris benoit is higher than gresham to me sorry it's not even close i I, maybe you okay i think that this is a problem that we have sometimes when we think about older matches things that we remember coming up i understand that benoit was a really good technical wrestler for his time but I think if you were to compare them one-to-one, Gresham is a better technical wrestler than Chris Benoit. I think that we remember Chris Benoit in the context of when he wrestled, and he was a standout wrestler because he was such a good technical wrestler in that era. But if you put him against other technical wrestlers now, Zack Sabre Jr. makes him look fucking boring, and I don't even really like Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, that much. We've been over that. Dude, no. Fuck no. Makes him look okay. boring. Make Zack Sabre yep. Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. makes Chris Benoit look boring. Chris Benoit Absolutely. that actually comes off the fucking top rope and oh, actually does other shit. Zack Sabre Jr. Wow. doesn't do any of that. He it makes a, him look he does boring. A, he does a diving nothing. Oh, what a fucking Oh, it was more move. than nothing because it fucking caused him a lot of issues later on. So what are you talking yeah. about? It's a diving nothing. Um, and then you, you talk about your, your Brian Danielsons and start getting into that level of wrestler. No, he's, he, I don't think he'd be considered even technical only better than Gresham. No. What? You're crazy. You're crazy. I'm totally disagreeing with you on that one. That's fine. I mean, I'm, um, cool, I'm cool with you picking Gresham over him. I'm not, I mean, it's not, it's not one of those things where like, I'm like. It's not a huge Gresham mark either. Like, you yeah, know, no, I agree. Like, no, yeah, I'm yeah. not either. Obviously I don't see. I actually have, I have Malenko higher than Gresham. I have Benoit higher than Gresham. I have Sabre Jr. higher than Gresham, but I don't have Sabre Jr. higher than Benoit in my opinion. Uh, I've got Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson at the top, and I've got uh, whew, 
See, there's there's other ones that are really good, but they weren't re- technically technical wrestlers their entire career either, if that makes sense. Pete, so he done. I would yeah, put. no, oh yeah, Pete Dunn is in there. But yeah. but here's the thing, Pete Dunn cuts a better promo than Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Pete Dunn is uh yeah, see, I don't know. See, Pete Dunn would be close to Chris Benoit. I don't know if I would have Pete I love Pete Dunn. I'm a Pete Dunn mark. Uh but I don't know. Wait, uh, Tyler Bate. Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness is up there, yes. Easy. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, we're clearly skipping Eddie Guerrero. We're not con- count- right. considering him a technical wrestler. Ah, that one's hard. Um, would he be considered? Because just because you're good at technical wrestling, if you do other stuff, doesn't mean I don't you know. do it. Yeah. But like Danielson is number one, and then Bret Hart's number two for me. Okay. Um, no. Bret Hart. I mean, he'd be out there. I don't know that. I don't know. I'd put him number two, but he'd be out there. What? 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 Are you serious? <laughs> Do you know it again? Yeah, what? I heard you. Yeah, I heard you. Um, I mean, even uh, like a like a um, like I, I, even a Kurt Angle. I feel like. Oh yeah, fucking Kurt Angle's three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I. You got Kurt. I mean, uh... I, that's that's another thing. Like, if you put Kurt Angle higher than Bret Hart, I would not argue it. You got dudes. You also still have dudes like, obviously they never made it to the top of the card in the same way. But if we're talking like technical wrestlers fucking fit finley would would be up there like i don't know nah, he's, finley's I don't, not higher than chris benoit i'm not uh, he's not higher than chris benoit dude bob backland no nah, bob backland is a good one yeah like there's there's dudes out well, there the cool that thing with you bob just, backland, you... though is when you said earlier that chris benoit was a technical wrestler when there wasn't a lot of technical wrestlers bob backland right. was a technical wrestler when there was a lot of technical wrestlers so bob backland is definitely higher than chris benoit to me right because of that because he stood so, out in the in a pool of technical wrestlers. All right. So what I'm saying is that, again, going back to what she said. But I'm I not viewing this as a top 10. When you say most, when you say can't hang with most, top 10 isn't most. Top 10 is a very small amount. So I don't think that's what she was meaning. No, no. She was what that. she said, she didn't say most of the wrestlers today. What she said was most of the present day best wrestlers so that's where the top 10 part comes in from because she already specifies best i don't think he could hang with the best he would not be considered one of the best he's not considered one of the best now unless you split it off into the subgenre of best technical wrestlers that's the point okay well if that's what she said and she actually came out and would have clarified that then maybe I would agree with you. Most did you, did of you need best, to clarify like, that? She said it. Uh, most of the most best, of the that's not really saying anything, dude. Like, make it make sense. Like, that's, that's too much shit going on in that tweet. Like, too, make, too many qualifiers? Pick a goddamn side. No, yes, yeah. that's too much shit. No, 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 no. Okay. Most of the best? Come on, man. Yeah, that's what she said. No, I mean, okay, well, if that's what she said, then I might agree with you. But here's the thing is, when you can't just fucking completely dismiss Chris Benoit from technical wrestling and saying that he can't hang, like, that's... Asinine. Asinine you're to me. Can't hang. Of, being better and can't hanging is two different things. Sorry. You're, compl- you're complaining about her using too many qualifiers as you use the qualifier of technical wrestler. But we all know that's what she meant. We all know that's what I, she was referring gonna, to, bro. Come on, I'm gonna, man. You know I'm gonna, that's what was implied. What I know is what she said. And what yeah, she whatever. said was hang with most of the present day Marcus agrees with you. Marcus says, I agree with John. Yeah. I agree with Jonathan Gresham is slightly better than Chris Benoit. I'm not a fan of Gresham, but Gresham is really uh, good at technical wrestling system. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying he's not good at wrestling tech, uh, wrestling, technical wrestling system. I'm just saying he's not better than Chris Benoit. I've got, I've got Benoit higher than Gresham, honestly. 
well, and that's, we can all and be, that, we can all be wrong sometimes. Even, okay. Like, okay, so like can't, can't hang. I think if Chris Benoit, prime Chris Benoit, or even WWE Chris Benoit, uh, wrestled in a I match with Gresham, I'm going for Benoit a hundred out of a hundred times because he's more entertaining to me and he's a better technical wrestler than me. To me. Um. So on the topic, it's uh, so moving off of the quality thing a little bit. I mean, obviously the whole thing started because she had said some stuff about. Um, you know, maybe I'm biased because he murdered his family and, like, we should disregard his whole body of work regardless, like, whatever. I can't even watch a Chris Benoit match right now. It's weird. I, I will... I'll, I'll say this. Um, I think it's, it's a very risky thing to say in the business that you're in, knowing that Chris Jericho and whoever else are, were really close with him and still have a lot of influence in the business. But she wasn't wrong. Um, at, a, at a certain point, man... I don't, okay, I, don't give a shit. I agree with you. Okay, so here's the thing. I think she was wrong about him not being able to hang, but I don't think she was wrong to be able to take that, to tweet that out. Like, she shouldn't have got that much backlash for that tweet. There's a lot of people right. that think that exact same thing that just don't tweet it out. It was just a, I mean, tweeting out stuff is usually just a spur of the moment thing, like a thought process that you have in your head or somebody pissed you off and you just tweet it out. Should she have maybe thought about it a little bit more because of the line of work that she's in and who's, who's still around in that business and has big influence. Like you said, like Chris Jericho is very high up in AEW, right? Yeah. Chavo is very high up in uh, Mexico Everywhere. and stuff like that. Like, like there's Conan is very high up, still has big ties. Like there's certain things that you need to think twice before you hit sin. I'm not saying that uh, she's wrong either, but because of who she is and what she does, I don't think it was the smartest thing to tweet that out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, whether or not it was smart is one thing. Here, okay, here's the thing, too. A lot of people will say shit like, um, you know, he, he had a bunch of problems, and obviously the CTE messed up his brain and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll say this, and this is, this is the route that I would have gone with it if I was her. Okay. You could say all day, the CTE messed up his brain, he didn't know what he was doing. The motherfucker had the presence of mind and the empathy for his dogs to put his dogs out in the side yard and text somebody and say, hey, the dogs are over in the side yard, like, come take care of them or whatever. If, if he's got enough, like, presence of mind and ability to, to rationally think and be empathetic toward his fucking dogs, then you can't say that he was just so crazy and out of his mind and fucked up from CTE that he just had no choice but to murder. Having CTE is extremely detrimental. It fucks up your brain. It, it fucks up the way that your thought processes work, all that. But there are people with CTE who don't end up murdering people. There's a lot of them. Uh, ex-football players, ex-boxers, all kinds of people have CTE, and all of them don't end up killing people. And he was clearly in control enough of his faculties to do all this super deliberate shit with putting Bibles places and um, putting the dogs out in the side yard, texting people, whatever. So it, it's not like he just completely lost his fucking mind. So that whole, oh, well, he had CTE, so you can't blame him. He was basically like a zombie. That's not how it works. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and I'm one of the people, I'm one of the few people, okay, so you got the people that were just bashing Jordan Grace because, oh, you should be able to separate the wrestler from the person. I can't do that. There's a reason why I don't have this match that we're talking about in my Mount Rushmore. There's a reason why I can't go back and watch Chris Benoit matches. It's fucking weird. There's a reason why I sell my Chris Benoit figures that I have because I don't want them anymore. It's just weird to me. Like, I don't want to be associated with it. I will not go out of my way to go watch a Crispin Watt match. Now, if I'm watching an old uh, show and he's on, it's 
it's weird to the point where I won't even fully pay attention to it, if that makes sense. It's like, it's that kind of weird. I get weird vibes when I watch them, even if it was way before uh, the WWE, like WCW stuff. Like, it's just, I guess it's, kid stuff, it's just yeah. weird, dude. Even if it's, even if I went back and went to New Japan or something and watched, I, it's just weird. Pegasus Kid and shit and ECW. Yeah. I just can't. I can't separate it as well, I guess, as some other people can. I don't think it's something that you should be able to separate. Um, and wrestling has always been weird like that, where the real life and the the character shit has always been super weird, and it makes it completely different from any other show that's on TV, whether it's reality TV, soap opera, sitcom, drama. Like, pro wrestling is its own fucking category because it's just too much shit going on, and if you get... If you dive too much into pro wrestling, you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's just one of those things where Chris Mewal will never be on any of my all-time lists for real or yeah. anything. Like, we're talking about this because it just happened to be a topic this week because of the Jordan Grace thing and all this other stuff. Uh, but no, Chris Mewal will never be in my top Mount Rushmore of anything because I, I cannot disassociate his wrestling career from his personal life what he did so that's just my also, personal take from it i think the other thing that bothers me about it sometimes too is that you, you get a lot of focus on benoit and how benoit's friends and benoit's family and whatever the fuck feel about when you say things about this but nobody's like hey how the fuck does nancy's family feel it's yeah, everybody wants to around if i'm chris benoit yeah. eddie guerrero or whatever eddie guerrero's family vicky guerrero uh uh, Chavo, you know, stuff like that when you've been with them for who knows how many years, 10, 20 yeah. years, right? Uh, I can't say that I would feel the exact same way that I currently feel as a fan. I can't blame them for not doing it, but I can blame them, like you said, for not going out. And who knows? They might. They just don't do it publicly. Who fucking knows? Um, to go out of their way to do other stuff. But judging from Nancy's sister, what the shit she tweeted, though, doesn't seem like that's happening. So I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. It's just weird. It's, it's I don't even know if Nancy's sister is willing to work with him. Like, maybe that's a Nancy thing, and she's just using this as a publicity thing. Like, hey, nobody ever comes to me. Are you actually willing to work with friends of Chris Benoit to do these fundraisers and stuff like that? Or is there—I mean, I don't go out of my way to look at evidence of this stuff. Like, you're saying people don't ever come to me, but if they did come to you, would that make a difference? Would you actually accept their help and actually do something? Or is it one of those things where, like, Martha Hart type shit? Like— well, think about it like this, dude. We 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 both have a sister, right? Let's let's say that somebody killed her, and then all her all her killer's friends were like, "Oh, well, it wasn't really his fault." Like, and he was really good at his job, and um, you know, he he had brain problems, and uh, we could still look at all the good work that he did while he was alive. I'm not trying to work with him, people. I don't want to fucking talk to him. So. Okay, yeah, so it's like if they're just going out of their way constantly saying shit like that, yeah, digging the knife into you a little bit which more, they, then yeah. Which they do. I mean, they literally do, so. They're like, oh, you know, he shouldn't have killed her, but, you know, we got to remember the good times. Like, no, the fuck we don't, and yeah. I, no, I don't want to I mean, that really goes towards, me. I mean, that I agree with you, and I'm not saying that I don't agree with that if that's where she's coming from, Nancy's sister's coming from either, because I literally just said I cannot separate Chris Benoit the wrestler from the person, so I'd be on yeah. that train 100%. Um, I'd be okay with never talking about Chris Wall on the show again, honestly. Um, yep. But it just happened to be where I was at the right place at the right time, I guess you could say, on Instagram Live, and 
reported something and it, of course it fucking blew up. So, I mean, I, I don't, I actually think it, good stuff could come out of this because David Benoit, there's nothing wrong with David Benoit. There's nothing wrong with donating money to funds for the company that study CTE and stuff in case this can prevent some other shit happening later or even little stuff, not murders, double murder suicides, but even smaller stuff. Um, so like, I, I'm not going to sit there and blame Jordan Grace uh, either, but I'm also yeah. going to say that she should, should err on the side of caution next time she wants to say something very controversial within wrestling because it could hurt you or it could, I mean, and that, all you got to remember that brings up old feelings for them too, that they might not want to go through again. Maybe dark side of the ring was the last time they wanted to talk about that shit. And then this gets yeah. brought up randomly. And it's like, oh, why the fuck are we talking about this again? I thought we were done with this type of shit. So I don't know. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of different angles that you could look at this from. But we will pile on on somebody right now for making a really dumb tweet on Mark That Tweet. So let's get into that. Are you ready, man? Yeah. I don't know which one we ended up going with. So Let's do it. Mark That Tweet, where we go through every week, pick out a terrible wrestling take, and dissect it to pieces right before your very eyes. It's a lot of people's favorite part on this uh, show. Uh, that's why we save it for last, so we can go out with a bang. Here we go. Ready? Oh, we get and... all at anchor numbers. All right. Boom. Mark that tweet. Um, this is at Live Two Banks, so probably a Stan account, obviously, because who has worse stands than Liv Morgan and uh, Sasha Banks? Not too many people. If you can try to figure out this tweet, I'll try to read it for you. Yeah, Literally I'm, I'm... black and gold had barely any stars. After the horse women, Mela, Liv, Alexa left. That's why very few made it to the main roster. And you had a bunch of boring released wrestlers that, yes, can wrestle, but were so boring and bland. Okay, so there's a lot of different ways we're going to look at this, obviously. Uh, number one, number one, black and gold was the best brand in WWE for the entire run of Triple H being in charge of NXT. All right, number mm -hmm. two, um, I... I don't know if they were referring to just women's wrestling or not because they only listed women for whatever reason. So we've mentioned, and by the way, so she mentions what, four, five, six, seven, seven women she mentions as the stars of NXT mm -hmm. Black and Gold, but right. barely had any stars. So you barely had any stars after Horsewoman, Mella, Liv, and Alexa left. So well, yeah, we're not you, counting you are, Bianca Belair, we're not counting are, Rhea Ripley. We're not counting. Um... <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's see when Alexa left. Alexa left. Um... Yo, Shirai. Yeah, but I mean, that's in NXT. But, but I'm trying to figure out what they're talking about because it says why very few made it to the main roster. I'm saying oh, we're just talking main roster here, as far as I'm concerned, from NXT yeah. Black and Gold days to the main roster. Mm -hmm. So we're talking Athena, Asuka, right? That was after Alexa. Um, yeah. So Athena, Asuka, uh, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair. I think the problem is that they're thinking of the brand now, but they're not remembering the context of the time. There were still a bunch of really good women on that roster. And it's not even, even if, okay, I don't even know if they're talking about just women. They just mention women because it's a fucking Stan account for Liv Morgan and Sasha Banks. If they're talking about in general, then they're super fucking wrong because... 
we were talking about every year when fucking they would call up a ton of people after WrestleMania from the black and gold brand and be like, hey, you're calling up too many motherfuckers. Yeah. And then you know why they were calling them up? Because they had so much talent in NXT that they had to fucking bring them up to make room for other people. So you had your Rudes and your Claudios and your uh, Samoa Joes and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Finn Balor. And then- Another part of that, too, is that a lot of the problem there was with the Shinsuke. way that they were being booked. So, yeah, you had people, like, who weren't huge stars. So you have, like, your Emmas and your your Dana Brooks and whoever. But the problem with them was not that they were not capable of being stars. It's that the booking for them fucking sucked. Yeah, but we're not even counting Emma because Emma was before those. Emma was with Paige. I have to think. Yeah, so... Yeah, this makes no fucking sense. So It's literally um, wrong on so many levels. I don't even know where to begin with it. It's boring. I mean, if you want to talk about boring, boring and bland, Carmella is so fucking and boring and bland. Carmella's boring and bland. The fuck are you talking about? Her whole gimmick is literally that chick from Jersey Shore. Uh, What's her name? Not Snooki. The other one. The one that wasn't short. J-Well? No, the other one that wasn't short. I mean, she was short, but she wasn't Snooki short. Angelina. Like, that's literally what I think of every time she comes out. It's like the same fucking person. That's literally her whole gimmick. So, that's pretty boring and bland to me. Um, maybe I just watched too much Jersey Shore when it was on. But, I I don't understand this this take in the sense that, like, A, they definitely still had people that were really good. B, the people that were there were not boring and bland. And C, how are you trying to put Carmella... A, in the same group as these people, and B, above the people that were still left. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I wouldn't put Liv up there either. I know a lot of people are... They're high on her right now. Now, Liv and Mella should not belong in the same conversation as the four horsewomen and Alexa. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah. And they're not even in the same conversation as Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair and Asuka, who we just said came after all these women. They came after them. Trying to act like... Asuka was boring and bland compared Kyrie to Carmella. Sane. The funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Kyrie Sane, <laughs> Asuka, Athena, oh, yeah. Ripley, Bianca Belair. Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane was so boring and bland as the only person with a like a gimmick <laughs> that wasn't. I'm pretty. Like that's like, as far as the other people outside of the horsewomen that you mentioned getting brought up. Um, I mean, obviously Liv was in the the stable, but. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, but the only horsewoman that their uh, character didn't really change was Sasha and Charlotte. Bailey and Becky's character yeah, actually Becky was changed, and then yeah. Bailey turned heel. So yeah, um, boring and bland. I mean, Bailey was boring and bland when she was there. I didn't find her that interesting until the heel turn. Honestly, I thought the hugging shit was just weird. It didn't really fit. I liked it at first, but of course it ran its course because you already knew that it had a ceiling on that kind of gimmick. Yeah. I thought it ran um, too long on the main roster, but I was still a huge Bailey fan. But yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what are we talking about? Because you're talking about wrestling and wrestlers in one, in one sentence, and then literally right after that, boring and bland, which is obviously a nod to character work. So and Very few made it to the main roster. Um, pretty much as many as the ones you just named also made it to the main roster. And so, yeah, exactly. I just named how many, have- and they're better. And we didn't even mention, like, Shotzi or some of the other, like, what, like, what are you talking about, bro? Tony Storm? Yeah. 
Even though she left because she realized the main roster was going to not do shit with her too. Ruby Soho. Well, Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot, yeah. Like, you're telling me that they're, they're better wrestlers, <laughs> better characters. Yeah. They just weren't being used properly. It's the same thing you could use with the men side of the NXT black and gold oh, for and a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know why we keep forgetting, but Ember Moon, Athena. Yeah, like, I said Athena. A, mul- okay. a bunch of times I said her. Yeah, I'm forgetting. Um, and who else? Were, I mean, there's there's definitely more, but yeah, dude, it's uh, this is such a stupid goddamn thing. And Oscar, oh, alone, you cannot you cannot literally sit there and say that NXT 2.0 is better than Black and Gold era of any era. Of well, that's NXT. why I'm. Yeah. So if he didn't specify Black and Black Gold, and Gold, yeah. Then I would assume that he just means like the current people there are not really that great. Oh, we didn't even mention um, Shayna Baszler. Well, four horsewomen. Like, oh no, I was thinking. Okay, so yeah, I yeah. get it. I get. It. I was. I was thinking Shayna Baszler, but I forget that's we're talking about WWE four horsewomen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. completely agree. Shayna Baszler, yes. I mean, there's even even you know your Dakota Kai's and some of the people that they didn't utilize as well as they could have. Still, they didn't even bring them up. She didn't. They didn't even bring up Dakota Kai to the main roster. Yeah, and fucking Deanna Prazo was there, by the way. You're going to tell me that Deanna Prazo doesn't is boring and bland? No, it, she, if she was, it was because of the way she was getting booked. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand where this tweet... I mean, this tweet is all over the place, technically. Yeah. You need to pick a lane and try to figure out what the fuck it's actually talking about. Because you're saying Black and Gold had barely any stars. Not true. But then you name seven stars from the Black and Gold brand. And, and then, then you're saying I that... Name, yeah. <laughs> And then I name um, like more five stars more. doing the black and gold brand. You had Paige, you had uh, AJ Lee, you had mm-hmm. Emma, or you had all these people in there that are on top of that Natty. Yeah. So you had all these other people on the black and gold brand as well. But then you say uh, had barely any stars after those people left. So then we're talking what? the black and gold brand after those people left. So you're wrong there too, because we just mentioned Rhea Ripley, Asuka, Bianca, Tony Storm, Ruby uh, Soho, Athena, Shayna Baszler. And then no. you say, made it to no, the that's why, that's why few made it to the main roster. Well, we just mentioned all those and they all made it to the main roster except for Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. And then we can add in Shotzi and Aaliyah and Dana Brooke that all made it to the main roster. So you don't know what you're talking about there. And then you say you, know, you had a bunch of boring release wrestlers that, yes, can wrestle, but were so boring and bland. You know who we're forgetting? The, the best, the two best of all time from NXT's women's division. The Iconics. You can't, oh, yes, tell, me the Iconics, you can't yeah. tell me they're fucking boring and bland. Yeah, the Iconics. Probably just didn't mention them because they're not wrestling right now. Oh yeah, yeah, the Iconics. That's crazy. This is a stupid tweet. They all, they always are. Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville, that's right. Also black and gold. Yeah. Mandy Rose, who's in 2.0 now, came from NXT black and gold. <laughs> the world champion. Just so you know. What are you talking the, about, dude? Yeah. Very few, these people do. Very few made it to the main roster. These people don't make any sense to me. It's, and that's weird. why your tweet gets the special honor of Mark That Tweet here on the Monster Cast. You don't know shit! Your opinions suck! You fucking Mark! Good shit. You're welcome at Live2Banks. Jesus Christ, could you post a dumber tweet? Probably. I yeah. don't know. I haven't really gone through was, their profile. I'm like sure the other, they could. Dude, 
the other day I got in a, it wasn't like a long argument, but some dude was trying to say that Undertaker was a better wrestler than Kenny Omega. And of course, the dude who disagrees has like an Undertaker profile picture. Like, yeah, you're you're a really unbiased judge in this, buddy. I, if you're that amused by like a cartoony fucking gimmick of a guy pretending to be dead and no selling, and that's your that's your argument. Oh, and he said that um, this is some real dumb shit. He said um, Undertaker's. Why didn't we use any of that for the show? Undertaker's moves were uh, his move set was better because he had like real MMA stuff in there. Like, bro. Kenny Omega competed in fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments. What are you talking about? It's just not part of his moveset, because MMA shit always looks dumb as fuck in pro wrestling, unless it's, like, throws. Or specific um, submissions that have already been, like, adapted. Yeah, like or Taz or Angle, yeah. But every time he did that go-go plata, it looked terrible, because his legs are too fucking long, and he wasn't flexible enough to pull it off in, like, any convincing way. Like, and what, el- what other moves did he have that were MMA-inspired? Um... His shitty-looking strikes? Like, in no reality. In what fucking reality is Undertaker a better wrestler than Kenny Omega? You're out of your goddamn mind. No, it's not even close. Um, Jesus, I don't know how that they didn't make the show. But anyway, so I hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. We're looking forward to the barbed wire everywhere match, I'm sure, with the shark cages for both teams. I assume they're going to be both teams. I don't know. Yeah, that was a great promo. As far as, I, as, far as I've heard, it's just eight JAS. Yeah, but they were complaining about them not being in shark cages, too. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, at least one shark cage will be present. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. Barbed wire everywhere match. Uh, that's going to be fucking crazy. And, of course, just another reason why we said it here on the show a couple weeks ago. I was like, Jericho's got some big fucking testicles for later in his life, his midlife crisis thing that he's got going on right now. Falling off of fucking cages, getting swung on top of cages. And now fucking doing did a match with Nick Gage, and now you're doing a fucking barbed wire everywhere match with Eddie Kingston of all people. Like Jericho's not fucking around, dude. But um, it won't be Jericho. It'll be the pain maker. <laughs> but yeah, so there's the show for you this week. Thank you for everybody that came through. Marcus, Taekwon, uh, everybody else that chatted in the chat. This is going to be available on YouTube as well in the coming days, uh, in portions and the full show. If you missed any of it and want to catch it. And, of course, we'll be back next week as well. And you can follow us on Twitter, at RealMonsterCast, if you want to interact with us there throughout the week. Um, it was a great show, obviously. Hope you guys enjoyed the All Elite Crate opening as well. And, uh, again, one, once again, uh, happy birthday to uh, Daphne. Uh, it would have been her birthday today. And there it is one more time. The uh, new number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, uh, 988. So uh keep that in mind for uh your friends if they need it and we will see you guys next week right here on the monster cast live baby deuces